What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the I Tap That Cigar Show presented by Corona Cigar Company. I'm Jessica, your host, and we're coming live from the Drew Estate Experience Acid Studio in Florida. As you can see, though, this is not our normal setup. We were having some trouble, so this is my new setup, apparently. Uh, but joining me is my uh, co-host, Care Viahanti of Stogie Roads. And joining us in the background is my producer, Kevin, who will be handling all the important things like the tickers. <laughs> Get to it, Kevin. Uh, but... Uh, we're going to have fun regardless. Like this is going to be a good, good show. Uh, Kara, welcome. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, Jess. It's good to see someone who's got looks. They got personality. They have it all. I've been staring at Kevin right. for the longest time. Yeah. This is a lovely change. No offense, Kevin, because I know you're behind the scenes and can remove me from the show at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm doing well, Jess. It's going to be well, fun tonight. Uh, I guess I should ask what you are smoking tonight. I'm trying to follow Kevin's guidelines. Sorry, you're going to see me with papers tonight. You, you <laughs> guess you should ask me. Well, uh, tonight I have a couple of cigars lined up, but I'm going to start off with the uh, Edition 35 uh, Robusto. Hmm. Um, and then I have a, uh, um, a, a Gringo Lancero. Uh, oh, nice. At the end of the evening off. What are you gonna okay. what are you gonna be smoking tonight? Uh well I am gonna be smoking a PDM Corojo because I'm like obsessed with these lately. They've just been some mm. my go-to cigar. And then after that I grabbed a couple of uh, different Ezra Zion cigars. So you plan on being here for a while. I don't know. I think I, it's more nerves, so I'm just wanted a variety. Who who, who makes who makes the PDM? Oh um JC Newman. It's the Perla de Mar uh cigar by uh, okay. JC Newman. And it's, That's a good cigar. It, yeah, it's the Corojo one. That one, fantastic. Uh, Kevin, what are you smoking? Uh, I am smoking the Florida Sun Grown. Um, I know it's uh, it, it's not a not a fan favorite of our guest tonight, Lee Mac Nine Twelve, but uh, um, it, uh, Jeff Borschwitz is our sponsor, and he makes a fantastic <laughs> cigar. So that, that's what I'm smoking tonight. So let's uh, get into it. And I'm going to do the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light. Mm -hmm. Oh, it says 68. Ooh. Yeah. That's well, primo. That is what it is. Uh it's a uh, humidimeter cut and light. And remember, with the Cigar Medics humidimeter, always, you will always know when to hold them and know when to smoke up. Yeah, I'm not not feeling this whole having to read this stuff, Kevin. <laughs> I don't That's know how right. you do it. Kevin said it so many times now, it's probably, mes you know, memorized. 
It is. And it is. And yes, I do like I do like the FSG. It's a really good cigar. It's delicious. Yeah. It's delicioso. So uh, so that's the Pearl de, uh, the Pearl de la Mar. Yeah. I see yeah, tongue the Pearl twister, de la right? Mar, the PDM okay. for sure. Yes, because I remember they switched the uh, the cigar bands and and uh, a couple of years ago, right? And and a lot of the artwork because I remember the old artwork uh, from from like going to the humidor. So I like that cigar, but sometimes I I, I forget and I walk past because I got to remind myself of the new artwork uh, um, for for the PDR. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So it's we ready to go? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, before we bring on our guests, we'd like to take a moment and thank our show's partners. J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Excelsior Tobacco, Makers of the Doña Lydia, GTOs, Those Who Smoke, no, Those Who Know Smoke GTO, sorry, Doc, uh, Corona cigars, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience so Acid. All right. So, waiting patiently in the Experience Acid green room is someone who needs no introduction. Is uh, Lee Mac nine twelve, or if you want to call him Leander McLean by his real birth name? Welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Let me back up because I know I get a loud good afternoon, my cigar smoking family. And listen, I was in the background. I was doing all this. I had the head banging music going on. I missed the whole cutting light. I got my cigar medic so I could see if I know when to hold them, when to fold them. So, you know, I got a little catching up to do here. But I am going to be smoking because you ain't asked me none of this. So I'm just going to take this all over. I'm going to be smoking a gift from my friend Jesse over there. From Aganorsa Leaf, this is one of the anniversary cigars that she mm. sent me. Aha. Yeah, it's such a good cigar. And then, and then I also have some other stuff in the bag because we got some Ezra Zion in there as well. And yeah, I, I figured Lee Mac and I will be re the rebellious ones. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let's put yeah. let's, let's let's put out all that uh uh you know gimmicky stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That we like those. Well, never mind. Let me not. Start. Just kidding. It's your I'm show. <laughs> But yes, and I'm gonna be rebellious and do a V cut tonight because anybody that watches me knows how much I can't stand the V cut. But, you know, <laughs> that's, what I'm doing. that's my. You living on the edge tonight? <laughs> oh, I am because you know I'm I'm hanging out with my girl Jessica. This is a this is a a, a privilege. So you know I am excited. Awesome. All right, are, all right, your show. Go ahead. Okay. Are are you uh, pairing your cigar with anything? Well, you know, I have a fully stocked bar behind me. Uh, I was drinking. This is actually a good pairing. I think I'm going to finish this. This is uh, some, it's uh, Zamora. It is a, a sweet Cabernet from Israel. Very nice Cabernet for people that don't like Cabernets. It's a sweeter Cabernet. It's young cab. It's not real okay. oaky and dry. Very good. So that's what I think I'm going to continue on. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I have a problem. Like, that's my thing. I don't really like the oaky and dry. No, you should look yeah. that one up. I'll have to find okay. the bottle and send it to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you some that I drink. So, nice. Yeah, but it's always going to be a little sweeter, probably. <laughs> a little fruity. <laughs> yeah, well. That's all right. Know. They're still good. They're still good. But um, all right. Uh, Care, what are you drinking? I, I'm drinking water. Oh. I mean, I, I honestly can say I have never, I've never smoked a cigar and drank wine. I never paired those two. Oh, oh it's a great pairing. 
I do. I do. I like drinking the wine. Just care might disagree with that. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, no, I, 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 I do like a good red. You know, I do like a good cab. I do like um, Shiraz. I've even had okay. the uh, um, the Coppola. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, some of some of the Coppola uh, uh, blends, um, some of the Maritages that they make, I love it. It's just I have I get heartburn really bad from it, oh, so okay. it's really really tough, yeah. uh, you know, to enjoy it when you're getting heartburn. But I I always I loved I love red 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 uh, wine. I do nice nice. Kevin, we all know what you're drinking, so you know yeah, Bacardi and diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he went out on a limb tonight, Kev. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes he does put a splash of uh, a little bit of a different rum in there, but not often. <laughs> well, 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 it's still always Bacardi. I mix, well, Bacardi. I, I mix Mixed my Bacardi. Bacardi yeah. and Bacardi. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good blend. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you already told us what you were smoking and drinking. So I guess we'll just get right to the beginning. Where did you start your cigar journey? Oh boy, I thought that's where we were going to start with you. Where did you start oh. your cigar journey? <laughs> well, I can go after you. You can go after me. Oh, well, man. I should probably go before you because mine's really short. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. See, I told you, I'm taking over your show. Don't worry about it. So, um, I first started smoking cigars. Well, officially smoking cigars. I had tried them when I was younger because I have family that smokes cigars. My grandfather was a huge pipe smoker. But when I met Kevin, that's kind of like how like we did, like we would go on dates, go to the lounges, you know, smoke cigars together. And then it just kind of morphed and exploded into what you see now. <laughs> what you see now. What All see, of this glory. <laughs> what I see now is like a... Uh, I call some people lightweights in the cigar game. When I talk about you, I call you a heavyweight. So yeah. you have morphed into a heavyweight. Uh, case in point, the heavyweight knows how to retrohale. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. I still don't think he does it. I think somehow he fakes it. <laughs> he fakes it. He fakes it. He fakes it. So I'll, I'll tell you my story. So my, my story was... Uh, it started with a good divorce, I guess, as all good cigar stories can start with. But uh, I had been in the military. We had gone to support the Sixth Fleet every year over in the Med. We had Cuban cigars. So we went there and it was like, oh, we can buy Cuban cigars. So I would buy these cigars and smoke them. And I knew nothing about it. Right. So I came home one time after one trip and there was an ad in the paper, I believe it was Famous Smoke Shop, and they wanted your address. And they said, cut out this little coupon out of this thing used to be called the newspaper, used to read the news in it, and uh, send us your, your address, and we'll send you a cigar. And the cigar they sent, I believe, was an acid Cuba Cuba. So I had this acid Cuba Cuba. I didn't really know, even though I had smoked several cigars, I didn't know much about cigars. So... I looked up on the YouTube and figured out how to cut it and how to light it and how I was supposed to smoke it. And I sat on the porch. And uh, at that point, I was in Philly, I believe. And I sat there and I watched the cars go by. And I thought this thing was going to be like almost like a big cigarette. So it's going to be basically, you know, it's going to be done in a few minutes. Well, 45, 50 minutes later, I'm sitting there looking at the traffic and it's just so relaxing and 
I was really, really enjoying myself. I said, man, I like this. I got to find out more about this whole cigar smoking deal or whatever. And that, and, and from there, it morphed into all of this and the craziness that's upstairs, you know, in my cigar room. So, uh, That's awesome, though. I mean, it's so interesting, too, though, like how everyone kind of finds their way when they get into cigars. Right. You know, I think there's a, always for everyone, it's pretty, pretty unique stories because sometimes like who would just go and be like, oh, I think today I might want to try cigar smoking. It's not something that everyone's exposed to. So, right. and, you know, in my family, there was only one uncle, one of my great uncles that smoked cigars. And the only thing I had as a memory was my grandmother talking about Uncle Frazier and them stinking ass cigars that he was smoking. <laughs> they were, I mean, he. He was the guy that you saw that always had that wet, mushy cigar in his oh, yeah. mouth. He would light it a hundred times a day. It was a cheap Ooh. store. But that was my only experience. So nobody else smoked cigars. So it was right. like, okay, this is something new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you, you normally don't talk about your military, like, career and stuff. Can, can you talk about it? Can we ask, like, what you did in the military and... You can, you can ask about it. I I was uh, I was in the Navy. Uh, I worked I worked as a civilian uh, for okay. the Navy as well. The best service that there ever is. Uh, I spent more time working as a civilian for the Army. I don't care what anybody says. The Army's got it bass backwards. The Navy is the way to go. Uh, <laughs> but I was uh, I was a supply corps. Uh, I was an SK, and then I became a, a supply. A supply corps officer so i you know i left as a lieutenant or something after so many years or whatever and uh i was the guy that got stuff you know i was the uh the face man in the a-team you know so it was uh it was a good time we had a good time i i, I liked supply i like being the guy that people like because we were also not only in charge of stuff we were in charge of the food the barbershops and the paychecks so oh, you know nice. everybody liked us yeah so. everybody wanted Wanted to to know you and get on your good side. Yeah, yeah. Chop was uh, Chop was always a good person to know. So so it was good. I enjoyed my time in the Navy. We got to travel around. We got to see yeah. parts of the world that I would have never seen. And an interesting thing is, uh, you know, I uh, almost joined the Navy on a whim. You know how you go. Those all recruiters lie. So just remember that they all lie. So yes. I went down there thinking that I was going for almost like a almost like a tryout, you know, because I had always thought I was going to join the Air Force. And it mm. was like, you know, uh, probably was Thanksgiving week. I was working. I go see the recruiter who's on post there and whatever. And next thing I know, I'm sticking my hand up going, I, you know, protect against all enemies. Foreign <laughs> and, domestic. and I'm going, this is good. Now, if I change my mind, I can next week we can. He's like, oh, no, no, no. You're in the Navy, son. Yeah, you, swore, <laughs> you guys, you guys. <laughs> They took you on a bus and that was like, bye. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was good. I, I, I enjoyed yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. When, uh, I, when my son decided to join the military, that was like, you know, a process for him. But then he went with the army right. <laughs> That's where he is, you know, currently. Right. But uh, I think for everyone, like, it, you know, I think you kind of don't know unless you you know, you kind of are doing it in a sense. For some people, mm -hmm. they've figured out the military and all that stuff. But for, you know, some people, they get in and they're like, oh, shit. Like, this is not what I thought I was going to be doing. Not what I wanted, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. 
But Grant, I have to boast about my kid for a minute. He is Absolutely. doing really well, and he's also doing Penn State online as he's currently active duty. So, oh, yeah. So I'm really proud of him for for all what he's accomplishing. So, yeah, and we have to thank him for his service. You know, we we yeah. poke at all of the other services, but everybody yeah. that ever put on a uniform for a single day and did any job, mm -hmm. they, my hats off go to yes. everybody. Well, thank you mm -hmm. for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you did, you know, and we, yeah. we all poke at each other's service and, yeah, you know, of course, we, we have of course. fun, but, you know, it's, you know, really, without all of us, it just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, uh, somebody wants to know, uh, Frankie D wants to know how many uh, smokes, like how many cigars you smoke a day? Uh, usually, usually one. Uh, but I, I say usually one as I like hold up this bag. You know? <laughs> one bag. I mean, I mean, literally, I was just I, I was on the clown. I was on the clown. I was on the phone with Ray from Cigar Clown. So I got this bag full of clowns, and so it's always the choice of what am I going to smoke tonight. It's typically one. Last night was interesting because it was one and two halves. Shout out to Cigar, Cigar Show Tim. So I had a couple of cigars that were left over on the ashtray that had cut off. And I just like, well, I'll smoke these now, too. So but usually <laughs> one a day. Nice. Got to ask about Bro Man. What's that? Oh, oh, man. Uh, see, if you don't know about Bro Man, I, you <laughs> know or you don't know. See, see where I come from. So, so Martin had a character. And, and Bruh Man was the guy, and if you lived in the neighborhood, there was always a guy that was always selling stuff. Mm -hmm. So he could pull up and he'd lift up his trunk and, you know, one day he might have pantyhose or, you know, women's lingerie <laughs> or steaks or perfume or cigarettes <laughs> or liquor, cigars. You never know what Bruh Man had, but Bruh Man always has something. Yeah. So you can't ask Bruh Man where he got it from. You just ask him what the price is, and if you want it, you want it. If you don't, he moves on. So I know, I know exactly I who Bro Man is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get a lot of stuff from Bro Man. You know, it's like he he intercepts a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of uh, you know, hijacked cigars that are coming out of that southern state called Florida that Bro Man somehow ends up with in Maryland. I'm just hmm. saying, you know. So. It happens. Bro Man is always on point. Fell off the back of a truck. Well, I grew. I mean, that's a Jersey I, tagline, I, right? Definitely uh, a Jersey thing for sure. I mean, I grew up watching that my whole life. So, yeah. are you from yeah. Jersey, Jessica? I am. Where I, I was, I was born in Plainfield, uh, oh, New Jersey, in Muhlenberg Hospital. My grandmother mm -hmm. actually was the nurse who delivered all the grandbabies. She was a pediatric cool. nurse, yeah. And but I lived in Edison, mm -hmm. in uh, in uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that area at all. Uh, of course, my my daughter's in Highland Park now, and she works oh, okay. in Edison. So, so I lived off of New Dover Road. Oh, of course, yeah. Of course. So I, I right, near in, J, uh, right near J.P. Stevens High School. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. I lived in Piscataway for a while. Oh so, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah, all in that all in that area. I went to Rutgers, New Brunswick. Oh yeah, Rutgers. So. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, my friend who just uh, came and visited me the other day, he lives out in Colorado now, but he, he like we've been friends for over 30 plus years and uh, his uh, 
his family's from Elizabeth and I took Kevin to go visit Jersey with me and we stayed in Elizabeth and I oh, thought nice. he was going to die. <laughs> Cause like we're, we're walking down the street to go get some uh, breakfast from like a, a little local shop. And like, of course nobody's, you know, is speaking English there. They're all like right. Puerto Rican or, right. you know, like Cuban. And so he was just like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. You got paying cash. And like, we didn't have any cash. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> It was a great town to grow up in. I always say there, there's some folks that I know, they say, you know, uh, you know, when I grew up, the first black person I saw was when I went to college because we had no black people in our town. Right. Wow. The town that I grew up in, it was like we had the first of everything. So when the Cubans came from Cuba during the boat lift, they came to Elizabeth. We had the Puerto Ricans when the Haitians were coming out of mm -hmm. Haiti. Oh, yeah. We had them and Portuguese. And so, you know, in the Polish and everybody was. Oh, yeah. Town. That's when, yeah. That, it's it, huge. Was a, it was a great experience, and it was a great experience in food because every oh. section of town had all of their different sections. Okay, lifelong debate. Where's the best pizza? Oh, let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. You got to go. You can maybe North Jersey, New York. Mm -hmm. it, it's the best. And I'm going to tell you, in Maryland, sorry to all my Maryland people, just this week, I had the best pizza that I have ever had in the state of Maryland, and mm. those people are doing New York-style pizza, pizza in a wood-fired oven. I mean, mm. this, this other crap that you have, I'm sorry, Domino's and Papa John's, it's a good substitute, but it is not yeah. like a good New York-style pizza. When I walked into the place and the old man with the earring was tossing the dough up, yeah. I said, I'm in the right place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you believe it's the water? It is the water, because what yeah. about the bagels? I agree. It's not the water. It is the water. It is the water. It is the water. It's the water. It's the way that it's the water, and it's the way that they toss the dough. Yeah. In order for it to, when you put it in the oven, Air. for for the, yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, chemistry involved with that. But yeah, get that crisp. That was the hardest oil. part. Moving down to Green, down in South Carolina, Lee, not going to talk about you know Greenville. It's tough to find a good pizza down here. Oh, yeah. My fiance is from Jersey as well. She's from Northern Jersey. Oh, what part is she from? Clifton. Okay. So I know that yeah. So so we we have two pizza places we go to, um, and that's it. That is it. And and, and it's always usually someone who's a transplant from New York, who's oh, yeah. living down here now and had a pizza place in New York or Jersey, mm -hmm. and is now living down here. Yeah, I make and a lot of pizza on the grill now. Yeah, I, 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 it's just better. I'm going to tell you the difference is that, like you say, that crisp on the bottom of that crust, it kind of gets a little brown or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's not mushy on the top. It can no. be the thin crust or it can be the thick crust or whatever. <laughs> I ate that pizza and I said, now this is pizza I could eat cold. Nice. That's yeah. important. If you can eat it cold, then you know oh, it's good pizza. That's damn good oh, pizza. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Yeah, uh, it's the minerals in the water. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, well, you and Jennifer stick to that whole thing because they got bagels too. Is, is oh, the is bagels? Like you can't? No, like I can't you, have bagels really from here. It's not the same. It's not the same. When I go home, my mom is still in Elizabeth, so oh, nice. When I go home, one of the things I do is I stop by and I grab a couple of dozen bagels to put in the freezer. It's not like when they're fresh. Now, when I was in high school, I had an Italian sister. And so I would call her. She worked up in the uh, bagel shop. So I would say, Josephine, I'm mm. coming up. She said, what do you want? So I would tell her what I want, special order. So she'd make the bagels. When I got there, they'd be coming out. 
They're in the bag, the brown bag. It's got to have a brown bag. Hard rolls oh, are yeah. the same thing, too, because they don't know what the hell a hard roll is. Either. No, they don't. <laughs> Just the like brown a pork bag, roll. <laughs> you go home with these hot bagels. You slice them up. You get a stick of butter, and you slather it down to eat four or five of those things. Oh, my God. That's it's, rid- it's ridiculous. So did you ever go to Colonial bag- uh, Bagel Bakery? No, where's that uh, at? In Colonial. Uh, it's like right near... Um... Colonial? It, it's colonial colonia right. or Col- colonia like, right yeah colonia like bagels it's like a little bakery that you would mm-hmm. they would open up at 3 a.m in the morning and you go there and get fresh bread and bagels and stuff it's like um god why is my brain not functioning um, cl- like uh like cr- uh cranford is right over there yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah, yeah over yeah, in yeah, that yeah. area yeah. yeah so like they used to make uh like people would like be lined up just to get the the fresh bread and bagels and stuff. Oh my god! We, so we had a uh, bakery in Elizabeth that made uh, the the hard rolls. They could call them Kaiser rolls down mm-hmm. here because that's a hard roll. I don't know what the hell's a hard roll, but anyway. So and the same thing. They would have certain times. You knew when they came out, and we would walk in the big racks that they rolled them out the oh, oven. Yeah. You just walk into the bakery. Forget all this COVID crap, and yeah. you get a bag, and you would get like thirteen rolls for a dollar. You know. Uh, I see everybody's talking about. Uh, Regina's in Boston has the best pizza. Then someone says Chicago has the best pizza. I don't know. Chicago, don't... Chicago is good. Chicago pizza is different. Yeah. It's not like New York pizza, but it's good as well. So I yeah. like that deep dish Chicago pizza. So I'm not going to hate on that. You want to talk about the pork roll, Kevin? What about <laughs> yeah. pork roll? Pork roll's good. Taylor ham, pork roll. No, no. Listen <laughs> now. Now you know how close Philly is to New Jersey, right? Yeah. Just a bridge, right? Yeah. My wife is a South Philly girl. Mm. I said, oh, I'm going to get some Taylor ham because, you know, Taylor ham came out of Trenton, you know. Yeah. So, you know. so same thing, pork roll. I cooked that. She was like, well, what is this? I said, you know, Taylor ham, pork roll. It's like tangy. It's got a little vinegary or whatever. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, I don't like this. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's pork roll. cooking boy. But oh, I like food, so. That's yeah. pork roll. You gotta get the scrapple when you're in Philly, though. Oh, now come on now, Karen. No, I can't do. I can't <laughs> do that. I, I can't. I cannot do oh. that. No, oh. thank you. Hey, Karen. Hey, hey, and you get the scrapple, and if you get it sliced just right, you don't want it too thick where it's mushy on no. the inside, crispy on and the outside. Deep, deep fry it. Get yeah. a nice crispy crunch on it. Oh my god. Do you put? Do you put syrup on it? I don't put syrup on it, but put syrup, syrup does it. make things better. So I'm telling you. I, yeah, I'm, it, it hides that nasty taste. No, no. It's, oh, it's no. funny. is coming from the center part of the state. There's a lot of it's Pennsylvania Dutch. And, and the, the town I lived in, it was kind of similar, as you said, Lee Mac. It was like a melding pot. You know, it was we lived we lived close to the uh, uh, military facility. So um, when uh, the uh, the Cubans came to America, um, a lot of the, the Cubans were were. Uh, lived up in uh, up in some of the older uh, military institutions mm-hmm. by our by where we live, <laughs> and in that area, a lot of Pennsylvania Dutch, and they say a true Pennsylvania Dutchman likes to eat his scrapple with syrup on it. Okay, <clears throat> and you got to give it a try because I, I I love scrapple. It's it's tough to find down here, but when you do find it, some really good scrapple. It's 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 delicious. I, I like I like Perfect scrapple. Slice. <clears throat> and I like I like syrup, so syrup is good, you know. And I got another story to tell you about. Uh, so when I was when I was in uh, in uh, basic training, so I, I had a roommate and uh, one of my shipmates. He was from Oklahoma, so he's a 
big old corn-fed country boy, you know? <laughs> so he was like, yeah. He said, you know, frying makes anything taste better. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Frying makes it taste better. He said, hell, my mama used to fry oatmeal. Mm. I said, oatmeal? Well, how do you fry oatmeal? So she would take a coffee can, make this oatmeal, make it nice and stiff, put it in the oat in the can and put it in the refrigerator. Then she would cut the bottom out and slide it out like cranberry sauce, slice it, put some butter in the pan, mm. fry it, and then carry it like this, pour some syrup on top of it, and then that's how they- I feel like I need to try that. That sounds so good. I never tried it, but it sounds delicious. I feel it's like I need to try that. Taking healthy oatmeal and just making it not healthy. Which is what do you great. Mean, what's healthy about oatmeal, though? You always have to put some sugar and stuff. No, I, I like plain oatmeal. I don't like oatmeal with sugar Ooh. and stuff. In it. I just oh, like it plain. No, I, no, I have no. to have a little bit of milk, a little bit of sugar, nah, a little no bit sugar. of cinnamon in butter, it. Cinnamon, yeah, butter, cinnamon, mm -hmm. crap. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's how you have to eat it, Care. No. <laughs> No, I'm good. I know Kevin's that. in the back going, this is not what we talk about yeah, on the iPad. No. We're like, we're in Jersey, we're in Chicago, Central <laughs> we're Pennsylvania. Pizza, we're in oatmeal, oatmeal on pizza, mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of stuff. But I, I did want to ask you, Lily and Matt, because we, yes, before, we, before we started the show, I, I said, I've, I've heard you talked about a lot. I've heard your name mentioned, and I feel like I'm kind of like, uh, either, either people didn't want they were keeping me from you or keeping you from me because I never had the opportunity. <laughs> probably, probably both. <laughs> probably a little bit of both. Probably some right. wise decisions on both ends. But I never had the opportunity to truly meet you. So it is an honor to meet you because everybody I speak to, everybody who talks about you, just it, 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 high praise, high regard. I appreciate so that. there's something that you had to do besides being you uh, to gain that type of respect. So you, you talked earlier about how you were introduced to cigars. Mm -hmm. What led to um, being a, a a a cornerstone in the cigar industry when it comes to reviewing and everything else? What really got you into that area of cigar smoking? So uh, it, it's probably an accident, and it's probably just uh, you know some people say I'm old. I talk a lot. I got a lot of stuff to say, but. Uh, Honestly, when I talked about getting that first cigar and I didn't know a lot about cigars, I looked around on YouTube for things about cigars. And so I was learning, right? And what I thought was, well, I'm new. And you know how when you go into a cigar shop the first time when you don't know a lot and their people are there and they kind of make you feel uh, unwelcome and you yeah. don't know about things. So I felt like, you know, well, maybe I could be the guy for people that are like me, you don't know a whole lot about cigars. And as I learned something, if I can figure out how to do this YouTube thing and put up a video, I'll just share it. Right. I never, never expected anything. I think, I think my channel had maybe less than 300 people for the first three years. And, and I was excited that I got to a hundred cause you know, at first it was like, you know, I went to all of my family and said, look, I know you don't smoke cigars, but just subscribe to my channel. I just want a number and put it on. I was excited. So I got to 100 and that was it. So as I'm sitting here talking about smoking a cigar, I'm like, well, that's nice. And we're smoking a cigar. And, and how much can you say about the cigar? I like it. It's burning well. It's spicy. It's bold. It's strong. It's sweet. It's nothing. It's whatever. So how much can you say about the cigar? So... Part of my background is uh, from real estate. So I also sell real estate. And one of the 
lessons that I learned was you have to be able to tell a good story mm-hmm. in real estate. So I could tell you, yeah, the house is three bedrooms and, and two baths. But if I can wrap it around a good story, I make it interesting to you. You know, I tell you, hey, listen, when you sit in this top bedroom here, the sun sets in the west and you can see the geese that are flying over. And, you know, in the spring, this happens or whatever. Now it draws you in. So I was like, okay, let me just add a little bit of stuff in there or whatever. It was never on purpose. I was just a dude in my garage. And that's who I was. I still say I'm a dude in my garage smoking cigars. And eventually, you know, people started replying and some of the other larger cigar channels who shall remain nameless. I noticed that they didn't reply to the people that were leaving comments. (laughs) So I was like, well, I'm going to try to reply to all of the comments. Right. It's hard to do now, but I still do a lot of them, you know. So in doing that, all of a sudden, I started to know people. You know, I see people online. I know them. We talk. We go back and forth. Hey, where are you from? What are you doing? This and that. We have this conversation about things that are other than cigars. And then I'm telling stories about what's going on in my life, what's happened in the past. And what I found was I had a lot of, like, a lot of young cats that came up and say, man, you remind me of my uncle my dad, I never had a dad, you know, you said something the other day that made a lot of sense to me. And I'm going, it's just common sense to me. But people started looking up to what I was saying. Right. Then it kind of it kind of morphed into what it was. And then I always spoke my mind. So shout out to my brother, Ock from Philly. Ock is still mad at me because I did a review of a Padron cigar and I said it was this. And he was like, that was just disrespectful. So people started knowing me for the guy that will speak his mind whether you agree or you don't agree and Mm -hmm. i just i'm myself so that was always my advice to all of the new cigar reviewers it's like listen if you like a cigar you got to say you like it but you can't if if care if you're smoking that cigar right now i could tell you're enjoying that cigar Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's going down to the nub you're relaxed you're calm or whatever so if you were reviewing that cigar and you say you know what mac this is a good cigar to me i really like this one right I believe you. There were a lot of people out there were going, this is a great cigar. And I'm going, yeah. you don't like that damn cigar. I can tell. Yeah, I've seen a few of them too. That yeah. follow me that are real <laughs> Nah, you don't like that cigar. So I kind of prided myself on being uh, just who I was. So it's interesting that when people meet me in person, like I've heard this comment more than once. You're like the same guy that we see on the video. I'll go, yeah, I'm the same dude. I'm not trying to be somebody that I'm not. I'm just a regular old guy. And mm-hmm. whatever it is, good or bad, it's not all good because there's some bad to me as well. That's it. And that's just yeah. kind of how it how it happened. And and you are not unlike a whole lot of other people who've never heard of me. So well, it's it's <laughs> being natural comes across. I mean, being genuine and being natural, um just I think is so well respected from folks. Um, that's one of the reasons why I think Kevin and I get along so well and Jess and mm-hmm. I we get along so well. It's not a caricature. It's right. not someone that, you know, if you meet them outside of their reviews, they're, they're completely different. And it's definitely not someone who's going to sit there and, you know, feed you what you want to hear uh, because you lose your credibility. You do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you you, you got to you got to be honest with yourself. And it's like, you know, Kevin is my brother. And I love Kevin. We talk, you know, offline every once in a while or whatever. And we disagree probably on just about every cigar. Right. Because Kevin's palate is different than my palate. Right. 
but that's okay. You know, like we we don't have to be cross with each other because right. he's got a humidor right. full of Florida sun grown cigars, and I go, eh, it's all right. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, but but hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm looking at the sponsor thing down here. So I did do a review of the Corona cigar, and in fact, I was looking to do. Uh, I think Corona has got a. Uh, uh, the Davidoff Florida Sun Grown, and there are a couple of different things where they have done the Florida Sun Grown that I wanted to try, and I can tell you why I like or don't like a cigar, you know. And so, some of the first stuff I believe that came out was was blended by Willie Herrera. I'm not a fan of his blending style, just me, you know. So some of the other things that were different. I'm going, yeah, I like that. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. the tobacco, it's the blend of the tobacco with the other stuff that right. I don't like, you know. So have you had the Corona 25th cigar yet? No, I think the 20th is the one the that 20th I 20th that you that you had. I mean, that yeah. was one of almost my one of my number one cigars, uh, or was my number one cigar, I think, a couple years ago. But like the American has the American uh, is great. I like the that. American is a beautiful cigar. Yeah, it's I love that cigar. cigar. Um, but the uh, Corona Twenty Fifth, we'll have to send you some. They're mm-hmm. they're actually pretty good. Well, obviously, I like the the Maduro the best. They're, they're made by J C. Newman this time. <laughs> yeah, they're made by right. J C. They're made by J C. Newman. So I think you right. probably will enjoy that the, this Corona one. But, right, and you know, but I we, get it because my palate's a lot like yours too. I think um, Kevin and I don't really ever agree and like fsg was one of those cigar like tobaccos that i really kind of stayed away from and then we Mm -hmm. went on this whole journey and i think out of like a few of them i really did enjoy but it's it's definitely they're just not really in my wheelhouse yeah and i i like the i i love the story i love the the back i love the bringing the you know tobacco back to florida so so for me you can sell me with a good story and a good so i like what they're they're doing with the 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 farm and you know it's in the u.s and yeah. You know, stuff that's rolled in Miami. I love all of that. So that that is what draws me into it. Now, mm-hmm. I have to like the cigar after all of that stuff, too. You yeah, know? I agree. I agree. Definitely. Yeah, there's just certain cigars that for me and Kevin, like, it's funny because I, you know, my palate is so different than his at times. And then there's times where we surprise each other and we like kind of the, like same, the same cigar. cigar. But, um, yeah, I just... I. I couldn't imagine not being myself. It would be weird. It would be weird not to be truthful and, you know, just who yeah. I am. I don't so. I don't know how you keep that up all the time being somebody other than who I you can. are, yeah. you know. I mean, and and honestly, I mean, the three of us are on the screen, right? Three different people from three different places, three different experiences, cultural backgrounds or whatever, right? We all get together. We have something to share, you know, and and, and we start with the cigar and we like cigars or whatever. We have our backgrounds and we can learn from each other. So I think if we stop looking at the differences between us and start (laughs) looking for the similarities or the things that we can learn from each other that are different, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm not white. I'll call Kevin sometimes. I'll I'll go, Kevin. I need to get the white point of view. I need the white perspective. I need you to help me out. You know, and, all right, yeah, cool. What do you need, brother? You know, because- oh my God, his twenty three and Me DNA test says he is the whitest person on the planet. He is literally the whitest person on the planet. I was like, "There's nothing, like mm-hmm. nothing in your di- nope, nope, nothing. literally like the whitest person." Yeah. 
and 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 and, and people, do people say, well, there's something wrong with that. I'm like, everybody should be proud to be who you are. It's yeah. like, what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. a mutt. I'm I'm a mutt, and I don't care. Like when I was growing up, I had people thought, oh, you must be Italian because you have like mm -hmm. the dark hair and all that stuff. I'm like, nope. Like, oh, you must maybe have some Spanish in you, which I do, but my dad's side is German. Like, they're right. Schaefer. Like, that's, they're my great, my grandparents came off the boat from Germany, you know? Like, that's who they are. But my mom's side's very mixed. My mom's grandmother is from Jamaica. She's, mm -hmm. uh, she was born in Jamaica and she's Jamaican. And then my grandfather was a Englishman. He was just a white dude. They got married and had kids. Mm -hmm. So we have some Portuguese in us and Iberian and stuff, but people wouldn't know that looking at me. Right. You know? Got some alien blood in you too. Yeah, I have I'm a neg I'm RH negative, so I have the alien blood. <laughs> no the alien blood. But yeah, but people wouldn't know that, you know, like growing up, like in you know, they look at your skin color and they assume things, right? And then right, my oldest right. son is half Puerto Rican and everything that I am, you know, so it's just interesting. Right. Yeah, I, I I I I love I love food and I love good conversation, mm -hmm. right? And I, and I like I like to. So I have a brother that I hang out with. I used to before. He's in love now, so I don't see him too much. But but <laughs> love it's a mental you know, illness. He, he's a he's Cecil County born and bred, right? So when I first moved down here, they were like in Jersey. They're like, oh, don't move to Cecil County. You know, KKK country, and mm -hmm. you know, it's just bad. It's not so. So I came down here and I was like, man, there's more beige kids running around here than a little bit. You know, there's all kinds of mixed folks down here. But, oh, yeah. but you know, he's 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 like he's like my buddy and my friend. He's the guy that I can call in the middle of the night and sit down and talk. So we sit down and we talk. We talk politics, we talk religion, we talk history, we talk all these things. And then sometimes I'll have to, you know, ask him a question and I'll say, Nah, Randall, that's that's some old Cecil County shit, man. I, I don't know about that, you know, whatever. But it's not like we're mad with each other because he'll turn around and say, if I go someplace and I see that the cooks are black in the kitchen, black folks cook better than white folks. That's his opinion, you know. So so we can all come together with that. So, you know, he and I can sit and we can smoke and we can eat and we can talk and and we actually literally, you know, it's like as brothers, we love each other. You know what I'm saying? And we are different as different can be, you know, and yeah. that's my brother. You know, I love him, you know. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, too, where people like live and grow up like where I grew up. It was very diverse. So mm -hmm. everything was just normal. Like right. it didn't matter who you were, you know, if you were Filipino, if you were you know, Indian, uh, if you were white, if you were black, it didn't matter. Like we just had such a huge group of people that I grew up around. So when I did like move to like North Carolina in the mountains, I, it was definitely more of a culture shock to me because right. I didn't see any, any culture, any diversity, you know, besides going up towards Cherokee where there's a lot of um, native Americans and stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, even that is just, you know, a rarity. So right. you see all these like, mountain people that are all white you know and you're just like oh my gosh there's no there's no color here yeah it's, i it's mean definitely it, it was different before we even knew where iran and iraq was i, I had a guy in high school that was iranian you know mm -hmm. and it was like it was before they became persian you know it was yeah. like 
yeah. you know, Cameron was Iranian and he was a cool brother. And he was, you know, one of us, you know, he was a part of our, our crew. Shout out to Diesel TV. I see you there, brother. What's going on? <laughs> Much, uh, it's funny you say that because uh, it, it is just talked about Kevin's 23 and me being I swear completely white and the only color on that sheet was the was the ink, the ink. That was the ink that was printed <laughs> on there. but uh it, it, a lot of it is where he culturally grew up too and what you're exposed to I think right. you said earlier Lee Max there's some folks they said the first you know black person I saw was when I went to college mm-hmm. and it's like you know I know in, I grew up in Lebanon Pennsylvania and it was very diverse very culturally diverse and I'll even see posts on Facebook sometimes and someone will post a picture and they'll say, you know, if you're black, do you remember this? And I'm going, I remember that. I remember having the black and white on top of the color television when the color television burned out. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and the one thing I learned with traveling all throughout the the, the, the cigar lounges is no matter how much our, we have differences, we have, and I, I will die saying this, we have more commonalities, we have more similarities than we do differences. Yeah, yep. we really do. I agree. I, I went down to uh, I took a trip to Miami with my brother Terry. So he's another Cecil County boy, right? Met the guy. We went down there, and so we sat in the lounge, and we were talking to a guy. And as we, it was an older, older guy, older white guy. And as we were talking to him, we kind of figured that this guy had a little bit of money. You know, he's like, well, you know, I stay down here in the summer, but. You know, I got a place on Fifth Avenue in New York that I go in the winter and I go over here and whatever. What? But just cool as cool could be. And we sat there and we just talked about stuff. Whatever came up, we talked about and we had a good time. He's like, oh, you want to know where to go to eat? Let me tell you where all the old folks go to eat around here. You can get a good meal. It doesn't cost you that much. You go over there. So that's where we went to eat. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. That's how you want people to be. You know, I just want people to treat people like every like like you would want to be treated just like treat human beings yeah. yeah just be a hu- good human being that's it yep not, it's really more. not that hard but apparently no. it is hard no, for it's, some. it's hard for some people <laughs> I, I i don't you know i don't and i guess too for me growing up like i you know i've always in my family i have a cousin who has was born with down syndrome she's actually older than me so i've always been around um, that type of like environment where there was people with disabilities. So I always mm-hmm. had to have like another thought process is like, you know, I wouldn't want anyone treating my cousin badly, you know, right. either. Like, so there's that other dynamic. And then I that ended up having a child with down syndrome and mm-hmm. like became a huge advocate for him. So I think for me, it's more of just, just treat people good, you know, right. and maybe cause I've been exposed to that throughout my life. There, there is a difference, but you know, for some people, it's like, I don't care. I just think you just, you know, right from wrong, you know, you know, when and, you're being hurtful. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you, if you're respectful and I say, I go anywhere in the world, I don't care where it is and I am accepted. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I talked about, you know, being down here, Cecil County, KKK. I went to a yard sale once. My wife refused to get out the car. She, I'm not getting out the car. <laughs> You walk up and you speak. I don't care. You're in the hood, wherever you are. You know, if you speak respectful, you know, hey, how y'all doing today? Everybody's good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Me and that guy, we had a great conversation. He's like, oh, let me show you my cars I got in the back and this and that, whatever. Yeah. If I if I had made a judgment of him based on where we were and what I thought he was, mm-hmm. I would have not been able to, you know, have that experience. Another guy... Uh, he's uh, he was a member of you know a notorious motorcycle gang. He was one of my uh, 
one of my trainers. And we rode together for a week. And we talked about cigars and we talked about all this stuff. He drove his Harley to work every day and got the truck or whatever. And at the end of the week, he brought me some cigars. He's like, you know, you know, I had this in my house. I don't know if it's any good or not. You're in the cigars. You know, here, you, you, you try this. But then come to find out he's the owner of a big bulldog rescue. So this big, tough guy, he's like, they used to call him El Diablo. That was his name, you know. He's got the knuckle tattoos and all this stuff. Real hardcore looking biker dude. But he is just as soft and tender with these bulldogs. And he's telling me how you have to take care of them and the skins and the folds and how we rescue oh, them yeah. and this and that, whatever. Great guy. Great guy. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Hey, listen, that. I saw I saw Frankie D ask if I tried the uh, the, the, the Candela cigar by uh, Kerr and, uh, and Kevin. And the answer is no. <laughs> I'm not a big Candela fan, you know, at all. Yeah, I will tell you these. I am not a Candela fan either at all. But I will say these cigars surprised me. Did I did okay. the I did the three, and I was very very surprised. And I'll go ahead and say what I voted for. I voted no, for no, you can't. No, I can't. I'm you not can't. allowed to. Other people no, I'm just kidding. Saying, I'm, just oh. messing with I'm like, other people said what they voted for. I voted for can. voted for number one. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that one, uh, you know, was really, really good. But it, it surprised me. I, I didn't think I was going to like them, but they were they were pretty good. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to try. I mean, one of the Candela cigars that I like, uh, I like the Swamp Thing by uh, Drew, Drew Estate. Swamp yeah. Thing. I, what did I call it? The Swamp Rat. It's not Swamp, swamp Rat. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. So, yeah, and I like that. I think the blend, it, it adds enough smokiness that it kind of disguises the Candela. So mm -hmm. if you don't like Candela, you might like this. If you don't like a smoky cigar, the Candela kind of tames down the smokiness. So, yeah. you know, so you never know. I, yes. I don't like the Kentucky Fire Cure at all. Yes, but I, I But I have smoked the Swamp Thing. I think the Candela does allow you to appreciate that the, mm -hmm. the smokiness of the of, of that tobacco but um uh, kevin and i will go halves to make sure that you get a uh, a silent green pack uh but you have to smoke and you have to vote we are voting on there's three blends uh -huh. and each blend has a varying percentage of candela in the filler and oh, then nice. you vote okay. for your favorite one, and the one that wins, we're going to come out in full production. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, cool, it's cool. definitely different. When Kevin, you know, buzzed me and was talking about this idea, he had I was like, I, Kevin and I both love Candela. I'm smoking a Candela Connecticut Barber Pole. It, it was the first nice. one that came out with I my company. I came out with the first Candela Connecticut Barber Pole. It wasn't okay, done cool. before, and. Um, and he started talking about this idea, and I was like, I'm in. Just whatever you want to do, just sign me up. Right. And uh, and here we are over a year later. And uh, it'll yeah, definitely get, get you your You guys interest. are Candelas and Lanceros. <clears throat> yeah, I like Lanceros, though. I'm, I'm on the Lanceros. Uh, are you on the Lanceros side? Oh, yeah. I can't. I'm, I'm not a huge Lancero person. I love a good Lancero. My, probably mm. my favorite size is going to be like a Corona. I like that smaller ring gauge. It smokes just longer. I get bored with cigars after a while. Mm. So some of these big cigars that you got to smoke. Like Asylums. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm now Asylum is good because oh, I love it for the size, but I get bored. So <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm smoking this cigar. This is a good cigar. Aganorsa, it's good. I'm at the point I'm looking around going, all right, what else am I going to, you know? Yeah. What else am I going to smoke? 
Yeah, I think for me, I'm because I, I didn't have much time, so I always needed a a quicker cigar, like that would smoke quicker. Like when I was trying to drive somewhere, or like you know, if I only had like a couple hours, you know. So for me, the Lancero was just too much. But now that I'm, you know, putting myself in retirement mode, <laughs> yeah, for a brief time, moment, Jess. maybe I can now start smoke. Well, now that I'm going to be home, no, it doesn't matter where I smoke. So maybe I have time for a Lancero. A so good Lancero, you got to take your time when smoking a good Lancero. A Lancero yeah. will last you longer than some of the bigger rain gauges if you smoke them properly. They do. And this is a Lancero. This is actually a 42 ring gauge. Perfect size, a little bit bigger than the 38. Um, burns great, and um, I mean, this will last me an hour and a half if if smoked properly. Mm -hmm. Now, what what do you think about those uh, tin cigars, the little <laughs> small ones in the tins? Uh, I, I I've I've gotten the tin cigars or the smaller cigars or the Papa Fritas, Papa. Um, uh, you know, because I think those are really good, especially for someone like like you up north. Where it gets cold outside, and if you want to, if you want to go outside and have a cigar, I don't you know, smoke outside in the cold. Well, for, for <laughs> folks who live in your area, unlike you, you. <laughs> who don't come, but I mean, I think they're a good quick, a good quick cigar. I think they are if you don't have a lot of time, but you do want to enjoy a cigar, um, or or in, in a colder weather, you know, if if you if you do have to go outside and smoke a cigar. I always think a smaller cigar like that's a, a really nice uh, way to get a good flavored uh, smoke yeah. and not spend a lot of time freezing. Yeah, see, but for me, it was more on my way to work. Those <laughs> right. were perfect for me to smoke in the Another car great example, on my yeah. way to work or on my way home because I just didn't have time. But I was like, I want a cigar. It's also going to make me not want to murder people at work. So, <laughs> like, this is a good, this is a good plan. <laughs> so for yeah, me, they I work. <laughs> I, I tend not to like them. I think I've got a couple. I, I even bought some Davidoff and some Camacho and some, uh, two or three I have up there. And each tin that I have, there's like one out of it. Because mm. I smoke that one. They tend to get, they, they're like hot. Dry, just, dry just, out. They're just not mm -hmm. enough. <clears throat> I, I just don't like the way they smoke. It's, so like, I'm like, it's like smoking what, one of them cigarellos, like yeah. cigar, like the, yeah. The, I get how, I get that concept because it is and they almost get dried out a little bit where they're they burn yeah. almost super like paper fast yeah and I, I they're just not for me shout out to my brother harry he's uh he likes those like oh for the like winter that. time and i go ahead i'm going no you know because before i heated up the studio here in the winter time i wouldn't smoke all winter i'd, I'd wait until the spring because I just like, I just can't. Believe it or not, I hear a lot of people say that though, or they'll just go to a lounge, you know, like every once right. so often to get a cigar, you know, to smoke a cigar. But it really does change how you approach cigars and smoke cigars yeah. when you live in colder weather. Cause see, like Kevin and I, like when it gets cool here, it's not really that cold, you know, right. compared to where everybody plunges else is. down into the mid 50s. Yeah. 40s <laughs> sometimes. 40s. Right, right. <laughs> Right. But yeah, so so you're in Elkton, Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. so said, what uh, do do you frequent a cigar shop in that area? Is there one that you like to go to, or one that? Uh... So, so I work at uh, <laughs> I work at Spartan, and I tend I'm doing up so much on creating for social media that most of my smoking is done right here. Mm -hmm. uh, I work there once a week. Uh, that's probably the only time I go to the lounge or if we have an event, I might show up for the event. Sometimes I go in the event. State Line is another place that's close close by. 
I'll go to state line. I have a cousin that goes up there and I'm always driving by and, you know, he knows every time I go in there, he's like, all right, what do you have in the car? Cause he'll say, you're going to smoke one cuz I go, man, I got meat in the car. You know, I got French fries. <laughs> I got to get home. I can't do it. You know, but it's a small lounge. I like that. We have uh, E squared. We have a variety of lounges in the area right. within say 20 minutes. I can mm-hmm. probably get to about a half a dozen lounges, which is good. And they're all different. Each one has their own different atmosphere. And I like, you know, I like the lounge atmosphere, but I'm not really a lounge guy, you know, even though, you know, people say you, you seem to be very social online. Most of my time I'm here by myself talking to the camera. So, you know, I'm not really necessarily the guy that has to be in a crowd to smoke a cigar. I kind of enjoy the peace and quiet by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been, uh, uh, Quite a couple of good cigar shops in Maryland, not not up around your area, um, more down towards the uh, Baltimore area. Uh-huh. Um, and, and when I was traveling and working, I always loved stopping because I, oh, you know, always I, when I, I travel to work. And I'm staying overnight. I'm like, I have to spend some time. I got to go to the Burnt Leaf and hang out with my guys and, and check right. them out. Um, or Dan Cigar Lounge, or there's a couple of Davidus Cigar Lounge I've been into and got to really meet some fantastic people. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, it definitely uh, um, I, I can say a lot of the, the, the friends that I've made th- throughout the years are, are definitely being in those lounges. But to your point, when you do a lot from home, you're doing a lot of videos. It does really cut into that time of being able to go out to the lounge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, I mean, I've even had the thought and I've done a review for the lounge, but then you have to get into the sound and it's very loud and. You know, it, it just mm-hmm. it, it just disrupts what you're doing in the flow. And I'm loud, so therefore it just <laughs> it's just I mean, you know, Curve, you watch me, you'd be like, Man, you are loud. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, well, it just it's just who I am or whatever, but that does it. When I go to the lounge, I'm the guy that's in the corner in a chair by myself, not saying anything. Oh, I, I will I will attest to the fact that you are loud and I'm pretty sure whoever was in the bathroom the day that I clicked on your video and you were like saying good morning, the I, the lady was like, oh my God, <laughs> like in the bathroom. I was dying. One of my favorite stories. I was, dying. I was like, good morning. <laughs> You're awake now. <laughs> Very happy we're going to the bathroom. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, right? the only place I was it was able to ever get reception in the, where I worked. So I would just like sit in there and I didn't expect anyone to come in that early in the morning. I guess like, you know, they decided to come to my store and have to go to the bathroom right away. I don't know. So I would watch some videos. And of course, I always liked starting with Lee Mac in the morning and, and scared the crap out of the lady in the stall. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I, I got I got a question for Lee Mac that somebody asked me. Um, do you play a train soundtrack or is Juan Pablo <laughs> and the train real? Someone someone said that train is fake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's nothing about me that's fake. Yeah, I, that's what I said. There's nothing about me that's fake. And I had a I almost had an argument with a guy, right? Because you know, they said, Well, why are you you know, putting down the Hispanic that's driving the train or whatever. I go, you know how much money they make? That is, I said, and it's not my fault that his mother named him Juan Pablo. You know, that's the name. <laughs> 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 
So no, it's, it's real. And, and he's out there and he goes by and he literally seems to always come by when I'm doing a video, you know? Yeah. As long as you're not seeing, stopping and picking up some cigars from you. Yeah. yeah. Like, put a sign. Honk if you like cigars. Or like, what is like a train horn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that train is funny. It's like when I bought my first house, you know, you know, buying your house, your first house is uh, always a nervous type of thing, you know. So my ex-wife and I, we bought this house and it might have been, well, let's say it was September when we, you know, found this house or whatever. And maybe we didn't close until October. So we had the old style storm windows where you had to put the storm window down and put the screen window up or whatever. So the first night we're in there. And it's like windy, it's cold. I hear air blowing all through this house. I'm going, oh God, I'm never going to be able to heat this house. What the hell did I do? And then like three o'clock in the morning, why am I going, where the hell is a train? I didn't see a train. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, yeah, uh... that's the stuff that... You're like, how did I miss this? <laughs> how did I miss the train? Yeah, I had no clue of how I missed the train. We we came here. Look, Jerry's out there now. We we rented. We when we came here, uh, uh, the house here, and we we rented our we rent our home, and we stopped by to check it out. Real nice neighborhood in the cul-de-sac. Oh, this is beautiful. Left, came back again. Brought the kids. Oh, this is great. This is beautiful. Left. We came in. We start moving in, and it sounded like a war zone behind us because we're a half a mile from an outdoor gun range yeah. and about a mile from a military base. So there's hell Hercules helicopters flying overhead and a gun range that sometimes starts way too early in the morning, shooting some very high caliber weapons. There, there is uh, something to be said when you're not used to hearing gunfire. It's just like, what was that? You know? So I live and we are in back of my house is, you know, uh, woods and there's a horse farm and there's like acres and acres of woods and they have a gun range back there. So, you know, we'll hear gunfire at any time and I'll be like, oh, they're shooting again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. See where I, where I, when I was growing up, you know, we lived more like in a city-ish area and stuff. So, you know, you get used to city noises. And then right. when we, we moved to like towards Hunterdon County, um, which is like all country, I was like, silence it, it's it's so quiet out there and you're like it's a it's like a shock a shock <laughs> to go from noise to no noise <laughs> it's a big shock we moved here from philly and where we lived in philly was at the top of a hill on an entrance to the expressway so every car pulled up to the top of the hill stopped they didn't really stop and then gun the gas to head to the expressway so you hear the cars going by all times of day, all times of night, the music and, mm. you know, all of that. And sirens. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, sirens, like, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I've heard a siren of any type here. It's been months, yeah. you know, so it's it's a different type of living. Even people coming to visit, they're like, well, we have to leave before the sun goes down because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's dark out there. You it's know. dark, yeah. There's no, like, street lights. Street lights, that's the other thing. You know, I grew up in the area when they put in the high-crime street lights. You're used to having, like, bright yeah. lights, and you come out here. Oh, and yeah. It, you know, I told the developer, well, when are you going to put the rest of the street lights in? He was like, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a nightlight for your kid. It's got street lights. You're like, mm -hmm. they shouldn't be scared of the dark. Your room's no. lit up. <laughs> 
It's bright. That's you true. need blockout curtains. That, right? <laughs> that's, that's the difference of city living. And, I, you know, I grew up in the city. Uh, and even though we grew up in the city, now it's different. I mean, we did have a tree-lined street. Now they've cut down all the trees or whatever. But it was just it was just a different type of living. And I was half a block off of the major highway. So, you know, we always had traffic noise. Yeah, and then you, you have the, then you have the train there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Elizabeth right there, the path. Yep. Take it right to the city. Oh, and that was that was a great thing about the city. As yeah. as as a high schooler, we we had a half a day. We're in New York. We're on the path. We go over to New York, Times Square, Forty yep. Second Street. It that cost was a dollar. A dollar hey. to take the bat the path. A dollar. And, <laughs> and I think about it now, and I'm going, man. If would I let my high school kid, you know, hop on a train and go to the <laughs> no. city, and we you know, we go no. down to the village. And, uh. God. We just we did all kinds of stuff that was just like, you know, we just we were just used to it, you know. Oh, it's yeah. like my ex-wife, the first time we went to New York, she's looking around and she's looking at this. Hey, 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 wait, 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 stop. You gotta stop that, you know. Get out of mind. Yeah, you look like a tourist. Here, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you look like a tourist. Tourist, yeah. You're dime us out. <laughs> yeah, no, oh my god. Like seriously though, I think about that. Like, I don't know what my parents were thinking. <laughs> like how did they let us do? I mean, they also used to let us roam free in Atlantic City. Why they oh, went yeah. and gambled? Like, <laughs> like it's not safe. <laughs> there it's, was it's Saturday nice. for us was we'd hop on our bikes and we'd leave in the morning, and we'd kind of come back around midday to get some lunch or something, and then we'd leave again. But the rule was when the street lights came on, you had to be home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. We didn't have watches and cell phones or any yeah. of that, but you had to be home and on the porch. Mm -hmm. And when your parents looked out, they had to be able to see you. So if I was across the street at my buddy's house, then that was okay. As long as they looked out and they saw you, Sorry. they call you, you're there. That was good. And so Saturday, that was all day long. That's just what we did. We were out riding and we got into all kinds. Oh, of I was going to say raising hell on bikes. Oh, <laughs> There's nothing like a bunch of kids on bikes in a group. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's dangerous. Especially if you got stuck having like a little brother with you or someone else is like, oh, that was like, then you got them to do like so many naughty things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like the best. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're I, young. We're gonna if they want to hang out with us, they're gonna do this. <laughs> I, I could get into some stories from my childhood. And these things that happened on this one block, you know, we had things that happened in one block, and we had characters and just all the time. We had one dude. Uh, one dude. He was always in jail. He was always in the youth homes or whatever. His name was Baby Gene, you know. And his father, his name was Eugene. His father's name was uh, Eugene as well. Oh, so Baby Gene was always bad. He was always stealing bikes. So no matter where you look, Baby Gene was always stealing bikes. Debo, so, you know, we, we, we sit on the porch and you see Baby Gene come hauling ass down the street to his house. <laughs> There'd be somebody chasing him because he done stole somebody's bike. So. His father used to try to stop him from stealing bikes. So every once in a while, his father would go out in the yard with an axe. And you hear his father in the yard just chopping up all these bikes that baby Gene had stole or whatever. And he'd be out and he's stealing bikes again. So, you know, at one point he's uh, he's uh, he, he's robbing the train. So he breaks into the car. He's there hopping across the cars or whatever. And he goes to jump from one train car to another. He had on a copper bracelet and it the, the electric line arced him and electrocuted, almost, almost killed him, you know. 
So he lost an arm. He lost, I think, a leg. He was burned all over, whatever. So when he got back, he's out of uh, he's out of uh, rehab and all of that. He, he would never wear his prosthetic leg. He would never wear his prosthetic arm. So we're sitting there one day on the on the porch. Here comes Baby G with one leg and one arm. <laughs> he stole a bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That's so, I know so many people like that. Though that's what's so. <laughs> I don't. I, it's hey. It's the hustle. It's the game. It's the hustle. It's it's, it's just part of it. Well, you live in a neighborhood like that. Part like you it. said, there's always characters. There's always yeah. this person's doing that. That person's doing this. Up oh, here comes that person, and everyone has a thing. They do, and and it's funny because <laughs> you grew up with the crooks and the thieves and the brahmans and all of these people, and you didn't. They were just people you knew. Mm -hmm. So when you grew up and you are among that, so that's why now, like, I, I mean, listen, I don't knock the hustle. I understand, you know, I, I've been there. I know what it's like. I've been on the other side of that there, but for the grace of God, there go I, you know, I made it out of that, but I know what it's like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking about like all of that, cause you, you're a photographer, you're a graphic artist, you've been, a, you're a retailer, you're a musician. What yes. instrument do you play? I play keyboards. Do you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that's like, those are like, are would you consider yourself like that you just, you're like an entrepreneur, like you like to learn things, do things and keep pushing yourself? Whatever I do, I go whole hog on it. And, and okay. that's the thing. So when I got into cigars, at one point I was growing tobacco in my yard and I was rolling cigars. I got tobacco hanging up here in the back that nice. I grew uh, just because I like to learn everything that I can about anything that I'm doing. So that's just kind of who I am. You know, when I learned how to play the Hammond organ, it was like, well, there's Hammond organs in the church and I would go there and I would sneak in. They would let me in and I'd play, but I wanted to have an organ at home. So I'm on a quest and I'm out there and I'm looking for an organ. So I got to buy this Hammond organ, you know. It's just the way I am. That's why I have so too much crap because I got too much <laughs> junk and just everything else even with this whole trucking thing it's like well i don't want to drive somebody else's truck i'll buy my own truck well what do you know about a truck i don't really know shit about a truck but you know what i'm gonna figure it out as i go along there's a youtube yeah. channel yeah yeah. It, yeah. yeah there you go yeah yeah trucking is a whole nother experience i know my dad did uh drove a truck for a while and had like a paving company but then did the trucking during like right. the winter months and stuff um and that was a that's rough, you know. It's a lot. It it's is. a lot of commitment. So it is. And my dad was a trucker, so you know, as a, as a little kid, you always want to be like your dad. And I wanted to be a truck driver. He was like, "Nah, go to school, get an education, do some other things, or whatever." So, but it was something that I always had a love. And once I kind of semi-retired, I'm like, you know, I really would like to do this. So you know, I've given it seven years, ten years, or whatever, and I'll. I'll do it until I'm 62 or whatever. And then I'll decide if I'm not having fun anymore, I'll sell it all and move on and just do something else, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Once my dad had kids, that's when he stopped pretty yeah. much truck driving and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely something he always said was like, you know, it was awesome. But I have like uncles and a couple cousins. They're truck drivers. It's all they do. You know, it's what they've done pretty much their whole lives. And they love it. They love being yeah. on the road. You, you have to love it. And people that say, oh, you can make a lot of money. When people say, I want to get my license, I go, why do you want to get your license? 
well, I want to make a lot of money. I'm going, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. It's, it's a lifestyle that you have to love and you have to be able to deal with all of the frustration or whatever. And so being a college educated man, I see how, I see how the blue collar folks are treated, you know, and you, and, and just little things you go, you walk up when I talk about speaking, you walk to the window and receiving and the lady is sitting there. She sees you. All it takes is that I'll be with you in a second. They'll sit there and they'll ignore you. And it's like, that's just common courtesy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're no better than the person on the other side of the desk. Just common courtesy. And, you know, it so. It sets the tone. It just sets the tone for everything. And, and I never have a problem anywhere I go because I'm just as nice as I am to anybody else. My grandmother taught me that. Just be nice. And people most of the times will treat you nice. Oh. I got to answer our medic's question. He said, do you have a B3? I have an A100. Uh, it's uh, it, it is the same internals as a B3. B3 is a beautiful cabinet, but the A100 is the same thing. I've got a, a couple of Leslie's and a tone cabinet. You know, another long story about going to New Hampshire round trip from New Jersey to New Hampshire and back in a snowstorm to pick up this <laughs> Leslie and a uh, and a and a organ in my Nissan Pathfinder. It was a crazy long trip took my mother and she decided she wasn't going to drive at all so yeah, yeah stokey uh stokey <laughs> meditation he uh is a truck driver and he oh, just nice. said <laughs> he just said last week trucking i experienced 98 degrees in florida freezing rain snow more rain all four seasons in four days yep I believe oh it. gosh I did, uh, so. oh uh stogie uh meditation did you ever get to go have your cigar in florida no he never did oh, oh that, sucks. that sucks oh that sucks that sucks. Yeah, but I'm I'm a lightweight trucker. You know, I I, I kind of go from Baltimore to New Jersey, and I'm sleeping in my bed at night. So you know what? So mm-hmm. when you all you need is a day cab, you don't need to sleep and all that. I'm like, yeah, I got it. But just in case I need it and I want to do something else, maybe I can. But now I don't. You're truly a Renaissance man. I know. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm a, I'm a man of many talents, and I haven't mastered any of them. I don't know that there. I I mean. It, can anyone really a hundred percent master anything? Because things are, there's so much that people can still evolve and learn from for, for everything, you know? So, so I know when they say like, you're a master, you know, something that that's definitely an honor. And I'm not trying to diminish that in any way. Mm -hmm. I just think that we can always still improve and, and, and push ourselves. They say, once you get that 10,000 hours in, you're pretty good in it. So, you know, I always try to get my 10,000 hours in of whatever, whether it's playing the keyboard or, you know, doing whatever. I try to get the 10,000 hours in and, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of years, you know, to get that time in. And even with the YouTube stuff, you see it's, uh, it's, it's not easy and, and it's a lot of work. And there are a lot of folks that look and say, oh, you get free stuff. So that's why I want to get it because, you know, people are sending you free stuff, right? People send me free stuff now, but five years, it was kind of like, eh, I bought all my own stuff. I went to Cigar Fest and I bought stuff. I went to Cigar Bid and I bought stuff and I reviewed it. I went to the local lounges and I bought stuff and I reviewed it and never really thought, hey, you send me something and I'll review it. You know, that Mm -hmm. came later on, you know? Yeah, later you know, I think that's like a, a, a misconception, too, for some um, cigar reviewers. A lot of people think a lot of them get free stuff. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. So if you want to give that give that perception that you're getting all this free stuff, that's on 
on them. You know, I don't care, but I, I know probably a lot of people are buying a lot of their own stuff in the beginning before they are to. even getting anything, you know, you have, that's, to. You have to, yeah, you absolutely have to. But I, I, I feel that I, I like to support our cigar community. So I do purchase mm -hmm. a lot of cigars, but I, hunt down cigars that you're probably not ever really going to get again, or there's short limited runs of stuff. Um, but I like to s support smaller cigar makers too. Right. You know, I mean, these big cigar companies, I love their cigars, but they're, they're I'm not making or breaking them if I don't buy from them. Right. You know, most, so. Most of the stuff that I buy tends to be from, I'm a boutique cigar guy. You know, I kind of like the boutique stuff. And then there's a lot of stuff that General and Alphadist put out or whatever that I that I that I smoke. Uh, we talked about Ezra Zion. You know, I was buying Ezra Zion a long time ago or whatever. And those guys say, hey, family, I know you, whatever. Yeah, cool. But I bought a lot of their cigars. I still mm -hmm. buy a lot of cigars. Oh, I buy. I buy I'm part of their subscription. Their mm -hmm. coffee and cigar of the month club. Sometimes I'm a little disappointed that I don't get certain cigars, but. I'm like, uh, okay, because sometimes I see, like, you know, the cigars that they post. I understand you're not going to always get those. Right. But when you don't even get one of those right, cigars, right. that's a little frustrating. That's happened a few times, but I still love their cigars. And yeah. so, and I like mm -hmm. their house blends, believe it or not. Like, their house blends. Oh, they. What's the, what's, the, what's the ones that they had the, uh, like, the cigars they used to sell that was stuff that might be a little bit funky it was a little bit it, they did they had no bands on them and they used to sell oh, i know what you're talking about i've gotten a few of yeah of it's them. not it's not the second run or something like that but with them that's what i used to buy all the time and yeah. so i wouldn't know what it was it had no bands on them yep. different sizes they were cheaper and yep. i was like these are still great cigars you know uh Cigar Medic says, Jessica, as Zion has been in the news a lot lately. I think that's a, a different person who's been in the news a lot lately. I think <laughs> they were just slightly mentioned. But there's other, like Caldwell and a couple mm -hmm. other cigar makers who've, I think, been on the in the hot seat for a little while. <laughs> and you know what? For me, I, listen, I, I'm not really into the whole cigar politics of things. Like, right. I smoke what I like and I promote what I like. And, um, you know, I think I suggest other people do the same, you know, keep, keep doing you and I'll keep doing me and the world will keep turning yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will not stop because I smoke Ezra Zion and someone has a problem with it is how I know, yeah. but it's okay. Have, it's okay. If someone it does, uh, absolutely. I, don't have, I don't have a problem with anything that anybody smokes. If I hate your favorite cigar and you hate mine, that's okay. Cause we can sit next to each other, light up mm -hmm. our favorite cigar and still yeah. have a great time. Yeah. Yep. I, I I think that that sometimes people get caught up in something that they don't need to be caught up in, and they just need to remember like we're all just people smoking cigars, you know, and that's what it should be about first and foremost. Right. Is that yeah. true? And like leave a leave all the fighting amongst the makers and all that stuff. If they want to fight over stuff, let them fight over stuff. Like we get Save to sit back for and your yeah, but you know, the last year has been kind of interesting to me because I, I saw a lot of what goes on behind the iron curtain. I want to call it, mm -hmm. and and there's a lot of fighting that goes on, and there's a lot of folks that a lot of personal things that go on, 
Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, I don't like him. So therefore, not only am I not going to like him, but I'm going to try to bring this person down. I'm going to try to bring yeah. them down or whatever. And my thing is like this. You make a cigar and it's a good cigar and people start talking about it. That's what they're going to buy. Yep. It doesn't matter. If you make a cigar that sucks, people ain't going to buy it. They're gonna That's right. That it sucks, you know? Yeah. No matter how much smoke and mirrors you try, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's actually pretty sobering when you do kind of like you said, look behind the curtain and see some of the, the antics that go on and you just got to distance yourself from it. Um, yeah, I think I think that, that that's good advice because that's really what it is. It's like you can respond and react. You know, you have that power, right? How you choose to respond and react to things. Right. And so if you choose to just keep going and being positive and keep pushing forward, that that's yeah. the stuff you're letting into your, into your bubble. You know, mm-hmm. everything else can just, you know, Stay so that, in their crappy corner and be mad. That's why I say, you know, I have a great day every day. And I, t- I tend to push that negativity away. I tend to push negative people away. If you want to do that, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Yep. But that's just not me, you know, because I got too much life to live. I've had too many bad days. I had too many uh, uh, too many days that were bad caused by my own bad attitude. So therefore, you know what? I choose not to do that anymore. So I'm gonna let you do what you do. Yep. Oh, I love. I like the spot. Hi, Sin. Thank you for joining hey, us. Yep. Always respond without reacting. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. I like yep. that. That's awesome. No, um. 100%. So I I've heard a rumor, uh, Lee Mac, that you might be maybe maybe thinking about starting your own like cigar company. Possibly. Well, I'm I'm pushing I'm pushing ownership. I had a phone call last night, had a conversation, had a couple of conversations. Not not something that is in the near future. Uh, but I say, you know, as far as the black cigar smokers are, there's a lot of us out there. We enjoy cigars. We spend a lot of money on cigars, you know. So other than just spending money and making other folks money or losing other folks money, I think that there ought to be there ought to be more of us represented out there in the industry. So I'm, I'm encouraged when I go to the trade show and I see some of the small makers and some of the black makers, some of the female, uh, you know, African-American cigar makers that are making good cigars. I'm encouraged when I see us out there because I'm like, yeah, we are a force to be reckoned with. So therefore, hey. How about now? Let's uh, let's go out and let's talk about buying some farms. Yeah. Investing in some so things. are you? Oh, sorry, Kevin. Are you putting something? No, 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 no. Just a comment. Keep oh, going. OK, so mm-hmm. uh, Desiree from Drunk Chicken. Are you a fan? Uh, Desiree is, is my sister. I love her. She's I, amazing. I, in fact, I talked <laughs> to Desiree yesterday, as a matter of fact. And, you know, so we're working on some things as well. She's got some things in the works or whatever. I like her hustle. Uh, I like Enid from Ancestry. There's another black woman in it that makes great cigars or whatever. So, so I am a fan. Now, Desiree and I, she knows. Uh, Desiree has got a lighter palate than I like. Yeah. So I say, and, I, and I've said to her, you know, hey, listen, you need a cigar for people that like a more fuller-bodied cigar. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so, but as far as her and her hustle, when you look and you see, she's always somewhere. She's always promoting. She's yeah. always, always pushing. Always. So I, I like the hustle and you got to have that, you know? Yeah. She's, she's so hands-on and she's 
like when I've seen her at a, an event, like we, when we went to the Ybor City cigar event, uh-huh. like she was just there. She's working her her stand. She's engaged. She's letting people come and like have her her time, you right. know, which is precious in my opinion. You know, she's probably got a million things happening, and yet she took the time to you know talk to everyone that came up to her. She's just such a, a wonderful person. And yeah. I love what she's doing. But yeah. I know that in February, it was, you know, Black History Month. And a lot of the cigar companies were doing, you know, promotions to support, you know, black cigar uh, owners and everything. And so I bought a couple of the War Witches uh-huh. um, by Black Star Line Cigars. Love and, Eric. Love what yeah, he's he, doing. And we just had him on the show. Fantastic. Yeah, like, yep. e- everything that he's doing is fantastic. And I'm, but I'm all for like supporting everyone in in the industry. And like, that was one of the things we've always talked about. Kevin and I, when we went to black smoke Miami, like we want to be like, we want to see like what people are doing in all, in all parts of the industry. And that was like a huge thing for us to do because we got to really see some stuff that we would never probably been exposed to, you know? And I will say like those women, their accessory game is on point oh my god i was i never even knew some of that stuff existed (laughs) and then they they had these like really cool colorful pipes and they're putting their cigars in there and i was like what what is this like how does someone get something like this right right it was was amazing you know yeah it was amazing but they're just so they were so inviting so like hey like for me as a woman like all these women they were like so embracing and i and i love that but i will say i hadn't really gotten that from like going to a lounge or going mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to other events it was this event that made me really fall in love with like the cigar like world besides the great smoke like those two events right. sealed the deal for me right, you know right. that's what made me crave to want to keep having that interaction yeah and and, and, it, and it's great and it's 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 not just always based on on race so I, i'll talk about uh, my man jonas from uh, blackbird when i was at the trade yeah. show right jonas knows me from nobody right and i'm a little guy and i'm like listen can i do an interview he's like look i'm busy right now blah 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 can you come back in 15 minutes and i, and I got you right 15 minutes i come back he's like everything's cleared off everything stops my time is yours like you said with des my time is yours I want to show you and I want to tell you what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing. We had a great conversation. I've run into him a couple more times and always, hey, my brother, good to see you. A lot of a lot of great cigar makers out there. My man, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Francisco Almonte from DBL and, uh, and uh, my dude from 1502. I mean, a lot of great guys that are out there. They're just promoting what they do, mm-hmm. you know, and I love that they they have this passion for what they do. I love Francisco because he's a he's Dominican through and through. He loves his country. He loves America. He loves his people. He loves cigars. And he does for people things behind the scenes that nobody ever knows. And because he doesn't talk about it. doesn't need to be talked about, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And there's enough shelf on the, there's enough shelf space for everybody. Yeah, and it's always good to have variety, and there's nothing better than being able to smoke a cigar and getting to talk to the person and, and learning their story. Right, because every, everybody's know, shelf, got a story. Shelf spaces, though, when you look when you when you learn about the retail side, though, you find that shelf space comes at a premium. 
And that's where the smaller guys suffer sometimes because mm -hmm. if you have the large companies that come in and they'll say, you can't just buy two or three facings. You got to take this entire line. Well, I got a small humidor in my shop. I got to take up a lot of space mm -hmm. and spend a lot of money to get your stuff in here because I want this one particular cigar. I got to buy 10 facings. And I got all this stuff that's sitting here that maybe doesn't sell well here. May right. sell well somewhere else, but it doesn't sell well here. But I'm stuck with it, you know. So yeah. retail is a whole nother nasty game that goes along with it. It's challenging. It's really challenging, mm -hmm. and I can tell you, um, you know, it, it's great to run into um, store owners and tobacconists that really do support and understand the. Like I said, everybody has a story, but really understands the grind and willing to give you that shot. And that's where you said earlier is the best thing of all. You have to have a good cigar because you have one shot, one shot. And if you if you're working with a factory that's not making great cigars, or you know you're not putting forth a good effort and getting a good blend, that one shot could be that a missed opportunity. Yeah, and and then what do you and then what do you do with this stuff that you just now put your money and your time into, and it's like it's just not up to par. What do I do with it? You got a lot of smoking to do. You got a lot of smoking to do. <laughs> Listen, we. Yeah, you got a lot of part. You got a lot of baby, uh, new babies. Oh, you got you had a new baby here. Pass it out to your family. Oh, you're getting married here. Congratulations. Here's a bunch of cigars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bri Brian Diggins said mandatory minimums are the biggest reason lounge. Oh, hold on. I'm why is it not popping up? Because okay. I keep trying to pop it up. Okay, and you keep uh, minimums are the biggest reason a lounge gives for refusing to carry certain absolutely. Brands. Yeah. Brian is uh, absolutely correct. Yeah. Just let the producer produce. I apparently <laughs> I was like trying to click it. <laughs> Sorry, habit, habit. <laughs> no, it, he's Brian's absolutely right. It, it 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 is a challenge, and you know, and in all the different specials, you know, buy ten get two, buy five get mm -hmm. this, buy this, and it's like when I roll in there, I'm like, hey, you, you buy four, I, you get a, a hearty handshake. <laughs> Thank you, right, thank right, you for right. your support. Um, I have a question though. Like when you go into a lounge, though, uh, and go into the humidor. I mean, do you want to see a, a, an array, or do you want to see it scaled down? I want to see what I like to smoke. Now that's okay. a, that, that's a that's a that's a tricky question because you go into a lounge, you have to support and you have to buy. So there are times when I'll go into a lounge. Uh, and I'm buying cigars and I'm putting it in the Cigar for Warriors box because yeah. I'm just supporting, but it's not what I want to smoke. I like to see what I want to smoke. Um, you know, when we started at uh, Spartan, we had a lot of, and I told the owner at the time, I said, you don't have anything in here that I smoke. Hmm. This stuff is not what I smoke. So, I, I mean, I want to buy, and, and I'm like everybody else. People are always chasing the new stuff. Uh, I'm always chasing the new stuff, but I'm also looking for the old classic good stuff that you can't find anywhere, you know, mm -hmm. so. Uh, well, I'll I, tell I, you right now, if you go visit Care, there's mm -hmm. a secret spot where there's some old good stuff. Yes, yeah, <laughs> It's dwindling yeah. down now, Jess. It's dwindling. Is it? Is it dwindling yeah, down now? It is. It is. <laughs> I, I, now, Care, where are you at? Greenville, South Carolina. And And, and that's where the shop is? Uh, I don't have a shop. I just I have a I have a brand. So yeah, we're out of we're out of Greenville, out of, out of the garage okay. in Greenville, South Carolina. Like oh, nice, everybody nice, else, nice. we're all out of garages. Nice. 
And so this stuff is available on your website, or how is your stuff available? It's yeah, it's on my it's available on my website. We're we're available in um in some brick and mortars as well. Okay, what, what's the website? It's uh, vsrcigarfam.com. Oh, that one that was going across the yes, bottom. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I'll I'll connect with yeah. you after the show. I'll make sure that uh you get some some Lanceros and uh, we still got to get you some Silent Greens too. Yeah, 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 but definitely though uh just to know where you can find things. You know, I support I buy from all over the place, you know. So I'm always, you know, buying from different people and it's not just one place that I buy from or that I don't buy from or whatever, you know. The thing that really kills me now, like uh, I used to buy from JR and yeah. uh, Cigar Bid and whatever. So being in Maryland, we have this uh, cigar excise tax. Mm-hmm. So the excise tax is more than the sales tax. So by the time you had the excise tax, the sales tax, the shipping, then a good deal is no longer a good deal. Like yeah. I was looking for some Juarez, the uh, Chihuahua size. So, you know, I think they had them on Cigar Bid or Cigar Page or somebody. And by the time it added all up, I'm going, this is not a deal anymore, yeah. you know. So, therefore, I can't buy it there, you know. It's, it's yeah. pretty brutal. Uh, I, I do have a question for you, Lee Mack, because with, with all your experience and, and with the smoking cigars, and I love the tagline, I figure anybody could smoke a cigar and watch Philly traffic and relax. That's a really good cigar. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jessica and Kevin and I, We've exchanged cigars, and we're calling it a blind five. So right. we picked our five cigars and sent it to the other. You know, so it's great when you smoke cigars alone. It's great to team up with a, a couple that smoke cigars because right. I give them five, and then you I get, get ten, ten, <laughs> ten right. different ones. But um, you know, we're going through this evaluation, and there's so much about a cigar that you can evaluate objectively, right? Mm-hmm. Is it construction? Does it burn right? But when you get to the taste and the flavor, that's really where that objectivity kind of strays a little bit off onto the road of subjectivity. So when you, do you, do you have anything that you use and for your experience when you're evaluating the flavor cigar that is objective when you're um, giving, giving a review or feedback on a cigar? As far as the flavors? As far as the flavors. Oh yeah. Hold on. I got to turn around. <laughs> I got a lot of crap back here. Hold on. <laughs> It's under, it's under the organ. I he's got, a, yeah, he's see got organ. a. I see he's got a crown back there too. His king yeah, crown. I, I do. And there's an announcement that goes with the crown. I haven't done the video yet, so the, the crown, the crown has a purpose. But I bought this kit, care from a, from Arrow Master. So. Okay. And so you can buy, they have uh, like preset ones for cigars, or you can go and pick your own things. They're expensive. It was like a couple of hundred dollars for this, right? But what it is, like say this one has got sandalwood, tree moss, peat, medicinal leather, bread, corn, hay, black tea, tobacco, prune, and dried fig. Are you sure it's not Kevin's travel cologne kit? So, so, so when I'm really trying to objectively come up with what does what does black tea taste like? Some people right. will say black tea. Now, I say you can do this on the cheap and go down to Wegmans or somewhere and buy like a little sample of spices and smell mm-hmm. it or whatever. But that is what I use to try to to improve my palate. So, if I'm saying pepper white pepper is different than black pepper is different than jalapeno and cayenne or whatever, right. cinnamon, 
-hmm. it's different. So I try to go back to the basis of what it, what I'm saying, you know, and there's a lot of times when you're smoking a cigar, like now we're talking of smoking a cigar. I can't tell you what this cigar tastes like, right? You know, it, 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 it tastes good. I'm enjoying the experience or whatever, but I can't, but when I really want to get nerdy about it, remember I told you, I get like real nerdy and down and deep into it. That yeah. kid, one of the things that was, Hey, let me buy this and, and see what happens with it. And that's, that's the type of things that, you know, my, with my patron support, I'm able to go and buy that to maybe try to have a better experience. So right. if I tell you this has got a medicinal or an earth, I want it to be based on something other than, I don't know. I heard other people say earth. So yeah. I'm going to say earth. Like you'll rarely hear me say leather. It's just not a flavor or a, a characteristic that I identify with, you know, readily. But people mm -hmm. will say it, and I'm, I'm like, I can't just say it because people say it. Well, I don't. That's that. a that's a good point uh, for me. I say leather in a sense because of this. Uh, the taste reminds me of a smell from right. like when I used to go horseback riding, and especially after I would take the saddle off the horse when it was heated up, there'd be like a distinct smell. Right. And so that almost has that undertone in a taste, which is is really weird because I I never even would have thought whole of that. olfactory, Jess. It's, it you, is. you get the smell up in yeah. your olfactory. Then when you when you retrohale yeah. or if you even do a little yeah, bit, yeah, with the ret, it's usually it, with the you retro. will pick up those notes that are familiar. Because yep. I'm the yep. same with leather as well. It's like, you know, it, it's like you walk into a store if you start, you know, and you're in the leather area, you smell the leather, you definitely can get that that taste off of a off of a cigar. Yeah. In the old factory. But I always go back to a friend of ours now. He was kind of more of a troll at one point. And then now he's actually a pretty good friend of ours. He used to be like, you guys don't have an expanded palate. Like, you know, because Kevin used to have the, the joke flavor wheel, you know, and stuff and like make fun. But it is true. Like there was a lot of things that we kind of didn't really, you know, <clears throat> figure out until later on as we started to get our palettes started to develop and we really started diving in and then um you know kevin's really good at picking out a lot of notes now but he did a lot of journaling and a lot of like the blinds mm -hmm. and i think the blinds helped a lot so mm -hmm. i think i'm you know that's one of the reasons why i'm excited too to do the the blinds that kevin uh kevin care and i are doing because i think it's just going to push us that much more you know yeah, there's a lot of band that's going to influence you yeah it's, you know, I, and, 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 yeah, yeah, you're not like, oh, this is from this maker. Oh, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's probably going to be good. You know, it's really going to be interesting because we don't know anything about these cigars. Right. And, so. you know, a, a lot of the flavors, too, uh, for a new cigar smoker, if I if I say, hey, listen, I'm getting hints of vanilla, a little caramel, slight spice, whatever. They are thinking, like you say, what you can smell. I know what vanilla smells like. So if I smoke the cigar, it's going to smell like a, you know, a vanilla Java or something like that. Right. But most of the flavors tend to be fleeting. And so if you can understand that for the most part, you're going to get a core that's burning tobacco leaf. And then there's fleeting flavors that are in there. Then you get it. Like every once in a while, I'll get buttered popcorn and I might get buttered popcorn on one puff or one cigar every eight months right. but it's not and maybe not even if i smoke that cigar again will i get that but you know it's like okay but i try to again the journaling and writing down what you see and that was another part of what's for the channel i had to write down because i forget so what does that cigar taste like i don't remember i got to go back and look at the video or read the notes mm -hmm. 
but a lot of the stuff is really just fleeting flavors. It's not, it's not like you're gonna get, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, this crazy flavored cigar. Uncle Larry wants to know: Do females pick up more flavors than males? I don't know. I keep hearing a lot of people say that women's palates are a lot better than than men's, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, yes. <laughs> Yeah, a, a woman can pick up, yeah. you know, 800 shades of red where a guy can pick up four. So, yeah, I think women can probably pick up a lot more taste. And, and I, I probably would agree with you, Kevin. It's like that's why, that's why I say, you know, Kevin's got the superior. I mean, Kevin, Jess has got the superior palate in that house, you know. But uh, and I've said that for a long time, you know, I think for me now, it's maybe more trying to like hone in how to articulate that better. Mm -hmm. You know, um, obviously, like sometimes I'm just like, I, I don't really know. But in my head, I get caught in my own thoughts of it. And it's mm -hmm. hard to like bring it out. And now that I've really like started taking my time and paying attention and doing a lot of the, the writing down, I'm starting to be like, oh, OK, now I know what I'm actually thinking and I could say it now, you know, right. and a lot clearer than, than I could before. And, uh, I, I wanted to ask though, like before you start doing your reviews, do you like try to eat the same thing, drink the same thing or like not eat or drink before so you can have a clean, fresh palate? Do you do it in nah. the morning? Like, nah. no, you just do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just a dude in my garage smoking right. a cigar. So, <laughs> uh, you know, on my, on my other channel, I Robusto will be doing a cigar review. And sometimes in the middle of it, you'll see me with a plate, you know, and it'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like I'm, I'm eating food. I got fried chicken and cornbread and rice and gravy or whatever. And, and people say, well, that's going to affect the taste of the cigar. And I say this, most people, when you smoke a cigar, either you drink something, you might be eating something or whatever. So my experience is to kind of say, I'm just the dude in my garage that's, you know, sipping on a glass of scotch and smoking a cigar, not the guy with a brand new fresh palate or whatever. Maybe this is your third cigar of the day, and this is how you yeah. experience yeah. it. It's not, for me, it's not that serious because what I taste is certainly not going to be what you taste right. because your palate is different than mine. Yeah, because I always thought, like, you know, when people were like, oh, you should, you should only have water, you should only do this. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I have to be doing things like I would normally do every day. You know, like whatever that day is bringing me, that's how it's going to be. And the, yeah. it, it is true, though. Sometimes what I've eaten or, or have had a drink of does affect the the taste of the cigar, you know, oh, because I'll go back and give it a second chance. If I didn't like it, I always try to go back and give it a second chance. And then maybe I'll have a different experience because I'm like, oh, well, I, you know, drank something that yeah. made it taste kind of funky or, you know, it just happens, I think. And see, I, I like to with the pairings. For me, I'll, I'll usually I'll, I'll never usually pick the pairing before I smoke the cigar. As I'm smoking it, I'll say, "What does the cigar need?" You know. So if if I'm smoking a cigar and it doesn't have enough spice in it to me, I might say, "Well, I'm going to have a glass of rye or a glass of bourbon or whatever." If the cigar is missing, uh, like the core or the middle, red wine works good for me for picking up that grape and that core in the middle and adds to the cigar. So I like that. Sometimes I'll pick things that are complementary, and sometimes they're contrary to the cigar. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah that's that's uh, I've I've had that happen a couple of times where you're smoking a cigar, and what you're drinking is just combating. 
oh you know, yeah and battling for your you know for your you know for your taste buds um <laughs> sorry that was that's really funny <laughs> it's kind of true but funny. that's funny uh but yeah i mean when you have something like that battling for your palate it can make the experience not enjoyable uh, yeah, we I, talk, I, 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 i'm a beer guy i like ipas but you can't drink too. an ipa with certain cigars or it'll just it'll both the ipa and the cigar will suck it, it does. It, it's like a like a, a spicy my father or something with a high alcohol IPA. Sometimes the the bitterness of the beer and the spice and the cigar they they bang in there. Is like it the say, is it the hoppiness like the, the, the yeah the hoppy bitterness just the hoppy beers that yeah. would do that. It, it's it's almost like a, a a dissonant note on the piano. Just like you have two notes two notes right next to each other. It's a dissonance. Mm. And if you just have that dissonance, it's no good. But if you have it in certain situations where you've got some major, some minor to going in along with it, now it's like, oh, that sounds mm -hmm. really nice together. But by itself, not so much. Yeah, I've had that experience with scotch and some some really well-aged cigars that have that good cedary, well-aged tobacco flavor. And if you have some, some scotch, it's maybe a little bit more mossy or peatier. Yeah. It could it, it it can enhance, but it can really make you feel yeah. like you're just getting a mouthful of moss on on every every sip and every draw. It's like cedar and peat together. It's two different type of wood products, but they don't necessarily go together. You know. Yeah. No, it's definitely so can be a what what is something that you, as a staple, would tell a new cigar smoker? Smoke different stuff whatever you go to buy always and i got this from my nephew ron real whatever you go to buy always pick up something that you think you would not like so if i go and say like i'm gonna go in the store i'm gonna buy a couple of things that i think i like pick up that green cigar pick up a flavored cigar pick up a small ring gauge pick up a big ring gauge pick up something that's different and try it and see what you think um, notes, journaling is very important because I'll have people that come into the shop and they'll say, I smoked this cigar. A guy gave it to me the other day. Uh, I want something like that. Well, what was it? I don't know. Now the, the smart people will come in and they'll reach in their wallet or <laughs> in their band. purse and they'll pull out and they go, Hey, I saved the band. It's that. Okay, good. And now after that, I'm going to ask you, well, what did you like about that cigar? How was it to you? Not to me. How was it to you? Was it strong? Was it mild? Was it spicy? Tell me what you liked about it. Was it thick and rich in your mouth? Was it airy in your mouth? And then we can go on and pick something else that is similar to that. So you have to, you have to smoke a lot of stuff. And I would tell you, don't do what I did in the beginning. I said, Cigar Aficionado has got the top cigars of the year. So these have got to be the best cigars. So I'm going to smoke them because your mind says, this has got to be a great cigar. And if you smoke it, say you smoke the number one cigar of the year and you don't like it. Now, all of a sudden, you think something's wrong with you because yeah. you didn't like the number one cigar of the year. So I would say, you know, you go into your shop, ask for suggestions, uh, you know, take notes, try to smoke a whole lot of different stuff. Also, if you're smoking a cigar in a line, try the different sizes. One of the lines that I love to uh, suggest for new cigar smokers is Perdomo. 
Okay. And what I like about Perdomo is Perdomo is consistent. So love it or hate it, they are consistent. So if I pick up a champagne and I come back six months and pick up a champagne in that size, yep. it's the same cigar. But what also is good is that he makes different sizes. So I'll say if you like that cigar in the Robusto, try it in a bigger size. Try it in a smaller size. And then their Habano line is nice because it got the same guts on the inside with a different wrapper. So now you try that cigar, try the Habano, try the mm -hmm. Kinetic, try the Maduro. See if you can notice the difference between it and which one do you like the best. So if you say, okay, you know what? I like the Habano the best. Now you can move sideways and look for Habanos in the humidor because that's what your palate likes. You like that Habano, so try that, you know? It, it, and it definitely is taking notes because everybody kind of veers towards a country that they like. I like Nicaragua. I like Dominican. I like Costa Rica. I like Honduras. You know, I like Cuba. You have something that you like, and you don't know that unless, you, as a new smoker, you have no clue. You just smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, I have no idea. Yes, absolutely. Check out their, mm -hmm. their cigar company. Awesome. Yeah, Dissonant, Dissonant makes uh, good cigars. I smoked a lot of them when they... I haven't smoked a lot of the new stuff since they've taken it over. Uh, you know, I know it's different than the old stuff, but I have smoked a lot of their old stuff as well. I still have a lot of their old cigars as well. I, I, I got I got a question that I'd like to ask uh, of the panel tonight. Uh, and, and we're, and we're going to back up about an hour. So... Uh, <laughs> So Lee, Lee Mack made, made a, um, a quote, and I, and I bet, or he, he made a statement, and I've had this conversation in lounges in the past, um, where he had said he's not sure if he'd let his teenager, you know, hop on a train and and, and go to New York, you know, for, for the day. Well, taking day. the path, the What's train, that? the train or is the, different the, than the path. path. So with, with that being said, <laughs> is you know, and, and the and the and the the topic that always comes up is the world a more dangerous place now than when you were kids because back in the back in the 90s you know we, we said this or parents said the same thing in the 80s they said the same thing in the 50s they said the same thing but um is is the world a different place or is it as parents we're seeing the world in a more different place i i think we see the world differently i think maybe as equally as dangerous but we see different things. When we were going to Times Square, it was the sex shops and the peep shows and the vagrants and all of these type of things that you see. There. Now, now it's Disney World when you go to Times Square. Yeah. Uh, now we hear about shootings and stabbings and all of this stuff or whatever. But did people have guns and shoot people when we were kids? Yeah, they did. But now we have social media, so it's now more prevalent. And I hear about the shooting that happened in Florida, California, Chicago, whereas before as a kid, maybe I heard about what happened in my neighborhood. So I think it's different. Is it more dangerous? I don't know. Would I let my kids go like I did? I had to learn to, so, all right, I, I don't want to side track it too much, but my thing is this, when you raise children, you cannot raise children to the point where, okay, at 18, you're an adult now, now go do it all. You have to kind of give them a little bit of more responsibility and allow them to do things as they grow up and go into adulthood. So when they get to the point where, as you know, like my girls, I say, well, they 
they, I'm proud of you. You, you're smart. I've taught you to be wise. I've taught you to, you know, watch out for the, you know, all of the okie doke and the dangerous things that are out there. But I've also taught you how to be smart and how to defend mm-hmm. yourself. Yep. You know, so is it more dangerous? I don't know. I think it's just. I think it's relative. Uh, would you let the kids do the same things? I would, you know, my six-year-old granddaughter knows how to work the cell phone better than I do, you know, so she has access to more things that, than I did. So you can't hold the kids back because this is the world that they live in. So yeah. they have to go out and they have to survive and they have to make their way. And I always say, I'm not going to be here forever. So I want to know that when I'm gone, you're okay. Mm-hmm. I think the the scarier difference now is we had neighborhood kids, right? We all knew each other. We were in a group. Now kids meet other people online. Are they actually kids when they go to meet up? So I think that might be the more scary element is the online interaction, right? Like I've um, always, always tell my kids, I said, when growing up, my dad, my mom would say, stay away from that. Oh, like, that, that, down that block, stay away from this person, and yeah. you know you're you're hanging out with this this person at school. You know, you you, you worried. You know, they they knew who they who they had. You had to be warned about and 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 educated on. But was it warned but more now, because of the family versus that kid? Well, no, but but what I'm saying is that you know you kind of had everything in your purview. You know, yeah. you just had to worry about your neighborhood, your school, right? Where now you got to worry about the world because well, right, they do right. have access. As to your point. To everybody online, you, right. you, are they really a kid? Are they telling the right things? And right. I think that the the big difference is that kids nowadays really get a little bit more entrenched in the um, um, the non reality when it comes to being online, online gaming, all the different things that are available to kids right now to detach them from what we grew up with, which was get out of the house. I don't want to see yeah. you till the, the street lights yeah. are on. Make right. sure your ass is on the front porch when the street lights come on. And you you had yeah, more social one on one. Yeah, you're thirsty. Drink out of the hose. Right. You have to right. Pee, there's a bush. I, I think that's really where you know. <laughs> it, don't come it's, back. It's, it's it's not necessarily other more dangerous things. Just a different type of growing up and a different yeah. type. Like like you said, Lee Mac, your six year old grandchild can work a phone and an iPad better than we can. But you know, when it comes to you know being able, to, so you got to be able to to, to to balance that computer time. And push them out of the house. Let them fall down. Let them get dirty, yeah. and and let them learn. You know that you know sometimes think, you're gonna lose. Yeah, and it sucks. Sometimes you get a, your ass beat. It's gonna suck. But you know that's right. just life. I think a woman walking to her car at night in the 80s, 90s, whatever is the same as today. If you're by yourself, be aware, be smart. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's like no difference. Like that's just be aware of your surroundings. So like, and when you're around people in a group setting like that's always how we grew up you know we were never really alone you know we were taught like stranger danger you know like you know if we didn't know someone it was like you know we were giving him the finger as a little kid like screw you and like running down the road you know i just think kids don't go outside like they once did either and we all looked out for each other too like the neighborhood you talked about earlier we all like listen we didn't have text messaging we didn't have email but if you did something bad three blocks away oh, by the time you got did. home <laughs> you had no idea how your mom found out or your dad you found out because oh, that neighbor was on the phone calling exactly <laughs> and everybody looked out for each other at that you know back yeah. then so it wasn't yeah. now where 
you know, if someone's saying could something you, like, oh, well, maybe should, should I get involved? Should I not get involved? Well, that's just you it, Care Like, honestly, have their like, camera out? Is think about it. How, how much interaction do you have with your neighbors? You know, like, most do you people don't even know their neighbors. Yeah. I, 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 I thank God Daryl's not on because he would rub my nose and I've sold his cigars <laughs> to my neighbor. Um, <laughs> but it, it's we have some interaction, but not like it was back then. I mean, for crying out loud. You know, there were some neighbors yeah. that were just, you, you know, they were just nosy and a pain in the ass, you know, and, and other neighbors, it was like, we all met on the front porch in the summertime, streetlights were on, we all hung out until we were falling asleep on the front porch, mm-hmm. because that's what neighbors did. Yep. That's and, what we you did. know, I, I tell, I tell this story of uh, my neighbor up the street. So they they had a bunch of kids and we always hung out there. A lot of kids were always there. And so somebody would get in trouble. And my buddy's my buddy's mother, we laugh at it now. I talked to her about it. I said, I still remember these stories, you know. She would line us all up in the kitchen and send somebody out to the yard to cut a switch. Yeah. And everybody got some lit yeah. from the switch and oh, then yeah. she would send you home. And like Kerr said, before you got home, my mother knew what, what had happened up there. And it would be like, but I didn't do anything. And her her response always was, yeah, but you did something at some point that you didn't get caught for. So, you know, and it was it was neighborhood. So it was you were able to chastise and correct your neighbor's kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to get in trouble in front of the neighbors because we knew my mother was going to know. I didn't want my mother to know because that was even worse. Because after you got that whooping up the street, you got one when you got home, too. And that's a great point because it was, you know, you'd got whacked or you got yelled at by, you know, by, by the neighbor. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean all, it was no doubt, you know, my mom was always good at that. I mean, she was, we'd have all the kids playing in the backyards and, and, and man, if someone acted up, boom, you know, they yep. got whacked and then on the phone, you go home, you know, you're not, and then they were like, they, they wandered the streets for a while because they knew the phone call was made. Because when they get home, it's going to be twice as bad. Yep. Yeah, I just that that's like only the difference that I see is like I always had a group of people to be around. Like there was no really being alone. And then like when my daughter was uh, going to high school, she was having to get off the bus by herself. I almost had a heart attack. Like oh, she's got to walk home alone, you know, because there was no one else in this <laughs> neighborhood on her bus. And so I would I was like calling her as soon as she'd get off the bus. We're on the phone. I'm like you're. FaceTime movie, I got to make sure the garage is closed because I don't know. Like, I don't know what could happen. Is someone just going to put her in a van and drive off? Like, that was always my fear, you know, because I've always been in a group setting where for her, it was just walking alone. Yeah. And see, you know, I I tell the story of going to kindergarten. And so we lived, like I said, half a block off a major highway. And so my mother taught me. So I walked to the corner. I'd cross the street, walk down the next block, cross the street, and there was the school. After school, there was a crossing guard. I'd cross yep. the highway. Mm-hmm. I'd walk down a block, down a block, down a half a block to my grandmother's house, and I was five years old. God. Yeah. <laughs> By yeah, myself in five. the five. Yeah, wow. yeah. That we call it. We call them latchkey kids. That's what oh, I was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was just. We just walked. Like, yeah. and not everyone lived near each other. And then you would disperse and everybody would go to wherever they needed to go. And there's too many distractions and, and, nowadays, too. I mean, especially when you worry about kids getting in car, like Joseph's driving. It's like we trust him in his driving. But how many accidents do you hear of someone 
on their phone and getting into an accident. And I think there's also too many distractions as well when it comes to different things. You know, you're growing up when you're learning driving, it was, you know, don't mess with the radio because you'll get distracted. Now you got to worry if someone's texting somebody and has right. their face buried in a phone. I mean, and then once we got old enough that the oldest person in the crew had a car. Oh, man, that was great. Oh, yeah. Walk to high school. And I talk about, I mean, it was a few miles that we walked to high school, you know, but when somebody had a car, I mean, we all piled in. My, I talk Picking about everybody up. That, that 72 <laughs> deuce in the corner. So my neighbor's son had the car, his father's car, and we would get in the deuce, and then we put a lot of us in the deuce, <laughs> and, you know, we'd get in the car, and we'd ride, and you know, it was just a part of a part of what. Oh we're yeah, doing. I had a, a Pontiac Le Mans, like with the push button radio, and oh, they yeah. would all mm -hmm. fit in there, and it would leak transmission fluid. So mm -hmm. I would have to stop and get some out of my yeah. trunk to pour it in there, and I would be like, and it was white, and it was so obnoxious, but it was huge. It was like a boat. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All yep. kinds of people in there. That thing cost yep. me, I think, like 150 bucks. It was such a. A, sh a shitty car and then when it finally died uh i sold my neighbor bought it from me to take it to the monster truck rally and watch it get crushed nice. <laughs> we had a we used to have to get out of the car at a uh, 76 amc hornet and we'd, we'd have to pile out of the car to go over to train tracks because it would bottom out so it was like all right everybody out of the car you go across the tracks meet me on the other side all right everybody pile back in yep Shout out to my sister Latanya. She made a comment there. I saw her. She said, as an adult, as a yes. woman, as an adult, it's scary walking alone sometimes as a grown-up, you know. Yeah. And, and it's true. That. And it's like, you know, I I you know, I always, you know, and again, it's just where the way I grew up, right? We we always looked out for the women and the children. And even still now at the lounge, like we you know, we used to hang out Friday night. We'd be there till like 1 in the morning or whatever. And it's like we always made sure that everybody got to their cars safely, mm -hmm. but especially the women. Still now, you know, it's like, listen, call me when you get home. Just let me know you made it or whatever. You know, just text me, whatever. I don't care, you know. So I think it's, I mean, there's so many creeps out here in the world now. It's just like, and when, you, when you're not a creep, it's hard to think about the, the creepy-ass people. But, you know, we were yeah. taught. Don't get into strange people's cars. You don't know them. Don't get in the car. So, you know, hey, little kid, I got candy for you. Like you say, hey, middle finger, I'm out of here because that's just not yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. You know, so we got to teach the kids to to be smart. And, uh, you know, you have to, you, I don't know. Awareness. Just yeah, you, just You got to be aware. I, I was watching a news story a couple of months ago. This lady was killed in New York. And she comes into our apartment building. She's got on her headphones both headphones and the guy just came in the door right behind her after she opened the door she was unaware that the dude yeah. was behind her it's like you kind of like you're not gonna walk up on me because i i know what's going on I distractions see, yeah i i mean i was on the phone the other day and i was like all right i don't know what this dude is doing in the supermarket but i don't like the way he's looking i'm moving to the other side i don't yeah. know what's up with you you know yeah I mean, even for me at work, at like as a, a manager, you know, I had to close a lot and it'd be late. And then the lighting in our area for our parking lot was crap. And a lot of times it was broken. And like sometimes I would close like our dock area early because our dock guy would be leaving. It would just be me and one cashier. And uh, my manage my my upper management would be like, 
hey, why are you doing that? Like, you got to stay open. I'm like, well, then you send someone here and make sure we're getting out safely right. and that we can see mm -hmm. in the parking lot and that you're escorting us to our car. It's me and some like 18 year old girl who's cashiering with me at night. Like, <clears throat> no, like you, you come and fix this problem then. And then they shut up quickly when I was like, mm -hmm. are you going to come here and make sure we're safe? Like, it, it, we're still at risk regardless if you know for a robbery any of that stuff mm -hmm. you know like no are you going to come here and make sure we're okay and then they never never cared that i did what i did again yeah <laughs> hey, hey listen you know i'm i'm so old right so I, i'm like oh man there's all these comments that were over here on the side that missed all these comments shout out to everybody that's making comments <laughs> i see none of your damn comments <laughs> <laughs> You can go back and read them all. I see some good folks in there. Great man, Henry Carroll, Henry Carroll, Latanya. Shout out to all y'all. I see y'all in this doggy meditation. I saw a sin said she had the role. Shout out to you. Appreciate you, Dave Yarborough, Chris Walmer. Uh, yeah, I appreciate everybody. Uncle Larry, he was out there for a while in cigar medics. It, you know, I appreciate everybody for coming by. Oh, this was great. Yeah, this was good. So, Lee Mack, uh, we want to thank you for coming on and joining us tonight. Would you leave? Thank you for having me. Would you like to leave the audience with some parting words? So, I always, my, it, it, I'll, you know, I'm old. I got to give you a story, right? But I always <laughs> leave my videos by saying, you know, you got to wake up in the morning and say, today is going to be another great day. Because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between the truth and a lie. And some people will say, well, yeah, that's just something you say. It's just something to say. And I'm like, no, it's not something that I say. People will say, you must have a good life and everything has been going good with your life all the time. People that are close to me know that I go through struggles. I go through struggles every day. I still go through struggles. You know, you have struggles and issues with loved ones and friends and you argue with people and you disagree and things are just not going right or the way that you plan it in life. So when you say that to your subconscious mind, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. It, 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 and I got that from a real estate company where the guy who founded Exit Realty, he used to say 200, 300, 400 affirmations every single morning. And it was, you know, things like I am rich, people like me, money is attracted to me. All of these things that he wanted to happen to his life, he would say these affirmations every single day. I rolled it down into saying today is going to be another great day. And I started saying that in the middle of a nasty, nasty divorce. I mean, like, I thought my life was really going great. I was living in the house of my dreams. I was like, man, I thought I had the woman of my dreams. I thought everything was just perfect, right? And this was all falling apart and shit was just going crazy. Another day I have to tell you about my ride in the back of a police car. But anyway, so... uh <laughs> it was just ugly. And, you know, one day I just said, you know what? Tomorrow is just got to be better than today. Mm. Today was just probably the absolute worst day of my life. I mean, seriously, it was the absolute worst day of my life. And so that next day I got up and said, you know what? Today's going to be a great day. And it was a little bit better than the day was before. And I said, you know, this is pretty good. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to say it again the next day. And I just kept saying it every day. Like, today is going to be another great day. And 15 years later, here you go. So, you know, that's that's a little bit of piece of free advice. 
It doesn't cost you nothing. Nobody has to know that you say it. Um, and it could help you. And I know a lot of people that follow me say, you know what? I didn't think it would make a difference. Shout out to my brother, Matt Bailey. He's a fellow truck driver out there on the road. And Matt, Matt's wife will say, I thank God for you because what you do and what you are preaching and that positivity has made a big difference in my husband's life. And she, she, she says that. And Matt will say that. You know, Matt and I will sit together and we'll talk and we'll cry and carry on, whatever. But but it, but it's true. And it's 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 just something little that you can do to help yourself. And if you can't help yourself, you can't help anybody else. Yeah. Tell yep. you on the plane, in the case of an emergency, put on your own oxygen mask <laughs> before you attempt to help anybody else. So you gotta get yourself together. You gotta help yourself first before you can help anybody else, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your kids, anybody. So stay positive. Enjoy what you do. We love cigars. That's why we are all here. We are all different. We all have something different that we can bring to the table. But none of us is all right. None of us is all wrong. And if we can just get along with that and understand, then the world would be a better place. But we got to try to make the world a better place one person at a time. Amen. All right, I'm going to get out the pulpit now. Let me turn my collar around. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on. We really do. This was great. And how did I do? How did I do for my, my first I think, solo? <laughs> I, think, I think you did good, Kevin, right? <laughs> she did great. Fantastico. No, I, I, I think you did good. You're, you're uh, you know, honestly, I, I I would like to see more women in the space. And when, when I talk about women in the cigar space, I'm talking about cigar smokers, right? Tits and ass and cigars, that doesn't mean anything to me when I'm smoking a cigar, right? So right. I want to talk to somebody that's a woman, like we talked about earlier. Do you taste things different than I taste? Because you have a different type of palate. Are you a serious cigar smoker? Do you love this thing just like I love this thing? We love this thing. So I want to see more women out front doing what it is that we do and bringing the women to the forefront because I think the women are like the fastest growing segment in the cigar smoking industry. We have to respect that and we have to respect our women and understand that they have Mm -hmm. something to bring to the game. So I think you did great and I'd like to see you do more. I know. I was very nervous. I'm not going to lie. It was nerve wracking. Then when all the problems happened with the the studio stuff, I was like, I was like, this can't be happening to me right now. But I really uh, you made it very easy to do this. So thank you. Well, it's all it's a testament to who you are as a person. Uh, I like you. You know, I like you. And and it's like I, I think you were the best person to do this. Uh, we've been looking to get together and talk for a I while, know, for a while. Uh, which is, you know, which is a good thing. You know, I'm looking forward to making it down to your part of town at some point so we can really sit down and do something together. Oh, it'd be amazing. Be great. You know, and all the comments are saying, man, Jess, you did a great job. Great oh, job. thank great you, everybody. Job. Job. <laughs> yep. Everybody is saying that there. So sorry, yeah. you're getting Kevin next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's why well, it pays to be the co-host. Yeah. You know, yeah. they'll just get rid of Kevin. Keep Je- Jess. I'll still be here hanging out with you. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
And Kerr, it was, it was it was it was good meeting you as well. A pleasure. It, it sounds mine. like we have a lot in common. Yes, sir. Uh, sounds like we had a lot of uh, great experiences growing up. It'd be good to sit down and talk sometime and uh, you know reminisce about the old days. Oh, I'll definitely be looking for that. And the, the, the pleasure and the honor was all mine to finally get a chance to yes, meet, with, yes, meet with you and and chat. I mean, this was great. Yeah, and just I, I been fantastic. It. It was really definitely. Great. All righty. All right. I don't know what to do next. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, we, we want to thank Lee Mack for joining us tonight. Yeah. Um, everything about Lee Mack is in the show notes. Um, check him out. Uh, he's a, you know, on YouTube. Uh, Lee Mack, thanks again for a wonderful evening. Yeah. And thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. All right. You take care thank now. Thank you. All right. All right. So, everybody, start typing in cigars. The. Uh, time for the Tapping Ash and Taking Names giveaway presented by Amendola Cigars. So, Fantastic. Type in cigar. Yeah, type in cigar. Did we freeze? No. No, there we go. We're still up. There we go. All right. So Jess, how did you uh, while, while we're waiting for everybody to type in cigar? How, how are you feeling tonight for being your first official hosting? Um, it actually job? feels pretty good. I mean, I, it's still very nerve wracking. I feel like I was very underprepared because <laughs> I Kevin makes it look so much easier than it really is. Um, I, now I have a newfound appreciation for all the the notes that he freaking researches and, and writes and everything. It really does help to have that. And I always make fun of him for it. So I probably won't so much now. Oh. Ah, the winner. What is that? Mumra the Ever Living. Congratulations. Congratulations. You are going to win. Uh, what do they win? Let's see. You got, you got Dead Dave's. Uh, uh, a good friend of ours passed away, uh, Dave, and he uh, we called him Lawn Lawn Care Dave because that's he owned a lawn care business, and um, he passed away unfortunately. But his wife wanted uh, to donate his cigars, so we are giving them out to everyone who wins. And then you're also going to get uh, some Amendola cigars and some uh, uh, J.C. Newman cigars and some of Care cigars from the. Uh, the Stokey Roads <laughs> and what are yeah, they? That, that, Which that, ones that. are they? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they're the Sandellas. I think there's. Oh. I think there's two. Do of, you see uh, it? A couple different. No. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, I, I, I trust your eyes better than mine from here. Okay, <laughs> and that's and that's what you'll be winning tonight. So, but so congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. All right, so we want to thank everyone for watching tonight. Make sure you tune in next week. Uh, to, we welcome, uh, how do you say his name? Kyle Gellis. Well, what? Gellis. Gellis of uh, Wrapped Cigars to Warped. the Warped Cigars to the Show. God, I need glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bigger print, Kevin. Bigger font. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure you're following Cigar Prop and Care Viajante of Stogie Road Cigars on all the social media. Uh, links are in the show notes below. And make sure you follow Jess. Oh, the, and me. And the, me. The, the producer, but tonight the host of a wonderful show. Uh, thanks again, Jess. I mean, you did fantastic. And once again, we'd like to thank all of our partners for supporting the show. We really couldn't make this happen without them. Please check out the show notes for all the links. Thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, 
Cigar Medics, Amandola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Excelsior Tobacco, makers of the Doña Lydia, GTO, those who smoke, those who know, gosh, Dr. Rodriguez is going to kick my ass. GTO Cigars, those who those who know smoke GTO, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. Jess, your show, what do you want to leave the fans with? Um, I don't I didn't think that through. I thought that was the question that Kevin always asks you. He does ask me, but I I always say, you know, grab a buddy bundle and sit down and smoke with a friend. Yeah. Just keep smoking cigars. Keep being a decent human being. There you go. Keep being a decent human being. Just keep being a decent, just keep being a decent human being. Please. And thank you. All right. We'll see you next week.